Oh, hello, one and all. Welcome to the September 21st, 2023 edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. Just on the cusp of the fall equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, where you can balance a broomstick on your nose, or is that an egg? I'm not sure which. Super Don will tell me. We've got Jonathan Emort scheduled to join us. Uh, the egg off. is on the counter or the fl- and the, the broom is on the floor. Well, you are fast with the answers here. Like, better than Wikipedia. You're actually you more go. accurate, too. I'm, I'm uh, Don GPT. <laughs> you know, no, don't go AI on me, Super Don. We've got a broadcast extraordinaire. Uh, Jonathan E. Mord was down at the border this morning. Uh, we've got video footage from him uh, closer to the San Diego border, but not at the actual Tijuana crossing to show you what's going on down there. A couple of videos of that. We'll talk about some of the things that are happening there. We also have uh, a lot of health freedom discussion, of course. In an hour or two, Kim Witzak on for the first time. Uh, she lost her husband to suicide back in uh, 2003, I believe. And uh, it, it was everything related to an FDA-approved pharmaceutical drug um, known as Zoloft. I believe that was the one. We'll talk about that as well and what to do about it. Thank you all for being here. RobertScottBell.com slash listen for the chat room. If you want to say hi, let us know where you're listening or watching from or on the various uh, social media platforms where we're not banned or on Rumble too. Thanks for being here. The Robert Scott Bell Show uh, starts right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty. The Robert Scott Bell Show. So here we are at the Zone 18 border gap. You can see here, this is where the Biden administration ordered the end of the construction of the wall. The wall on both sides is open, and there's trafficking that comes across through this open gap area. We were just told that some eight individuals were murdered on the other side here. There's gang activity, and their bodies were on the found by Mexican authorities on the other side of this wall. That's the Mexican side. And we were also told that two uh, Mexicans were shot. Uh, One one was able to survive coming across this gap area here recently because they failed to pay the amount that the cartels expected of them in order to allow them into the United States. That's something that needs to be uh, the focus of public attention is that people who are coming across are oftentimes victims of the cartels because the cartels require everyone to pay, so they're all victims, in order to get through. American immigration policy is being determined by the criminal terrorist cartels in Mexico, not by the American authorities. And the American authorities too, in the CPP, are victims of this whole thing. That is uh, Jonathan E. Mord reporting this morning from the border closer to the San Diego area. It wasn't the Tijuana crossing because I've been through there. Uh, it was a matter of months ago with my wife and, oh, it's a nightmare to try and get through the border. Why would anybody who want to smuggle something or, uh, in or out of the border go through uh, an official you know, border crossing? And as you looked at that video image, if you just watched it, for those of you watching and not catching the podcast later just via audio, you see this like perfectly aligned gap. And it wasn't that big. You know, if you think of the $33 trillion debt the U.S. has, it probably cost them a fraction of a penny relative to that, not even, uh, to complete that. Why would the Biden administration go, don't do that? 
It's like, hello, here's where you come across. Just come right through. No problem. And of course, if you're uh, paying uh, the the so-called drug lords to get through, again, a lot of the murderers, decimation, destruction of life. And even if you get through, uh, what life do you have? Uh, coming up illegally. What have what has what has transpired? What why would this have? See that visual? There, Superdon's putting it back up on the screen. Look at that. It's only, I mean, I'm guessing a couple of hundred yards long where they've just stopped it and it starts up on the other side That's of that. That's huge. Superdon. That's I didn't mean to make myself big. Yeah. There you're we go. huge. You're I'm big. huge. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, look at look at the size look at the size of that. I mean, Come on, right through. Come how many football in. fields long would you say that is right there? I mean, I, I think it's a couple hundred yards. I'm thinking a couple of football so? fields long. But yeah. still, think about the uh, resources of the United States. Even though it's like uh, <laughs> to do to finish that little gap would be nothing. The Army Corps engineers could do it in a day. Yeah, and they're not interested. Why? We, pro- we probably spent more on a scientific study to see how brine shrimp run on a treadmill somewhere. <laughs> Uh, somewhere in the pork project uh, report that uh, that uh, uh, it's just embarrassing. Rand Paul dude. comes out with every year, right? Right. Yeah. Then, yeah. then it you know probably cost more to do that than it would be to finish that piece of the fence. Why? So what are you? What's what the question? Like to- Here's my question, and okay. I know you don't have the answer, but it's just like, yeah. why is there a gap? I mean, the on on the left side you see there, yeah, that is uh, where Trump was building the wall, yeah, and they stopped construction. Right. On the right hand side is the old fence. Yeah, with a wide open gap there. What's what's up with yeah. the gap? Did they was did they like take a break on Christmas and, and just start Never on come the other back. Uh, weird. Super D, weird. come on, you're a logical dude. If they wanted to finish it, it would have been done. So that means on some level, arguably, they do not want to finish it and they do want Seems massive like, influx I mean, unless illegals. there's like some kind of reason that uh you know that i'm gonna can't. make you go full screen so i can fix the screen behind me oh gotcha okay go ahead yeah so i don't know you know it's like i've never really paid much attention to the border situation i mean i know it's like when you look it's always talked about and on on cnn and fox news about the border illegal immigration you know the the burden that it puts on on local economies and and uh you know the, the welfare and you know it's been a problem for God, I mean, as long as, you know, I've been alive, right, to some yeah. degree. But it's really come to a head lately over the last, you know, just a few years, especially during the Biden administration, where yeah. uh, it just seems like, they at least want from what I've seen, to come in. it's just like it's an open border. It's just like, yeah. oh, what about the children and, you know, and stuff. And and uh, just recently, it's really gotten bad where, uh, you know, like we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. Uh there's this little town of 30,000 people called Eagle Pass mm-hmm. in Texas. Yeah, it's in the show notes. Y'all check this ar- article out. There's video as well to watch this stuff. Uh, over 11,000 migrants, close to half its population, surge across the border. 50% of the population of one city is surging across the border. And what do they think is going to happen? And there's no ability. The most powerful country on the planet, an empire, can't stop the flow of people illegally through the southern border you're telling me that that's an accident we just can't do it it's just too much no it's just it's it's a selective uh purposeful we want that train you see that train in that video they're showing right there yes i believe that is the train uh uh, full of migrants immigrants whatever you want to call them Mm -hmm. from venezuela and it's just a train full of people 
And and apparently they this the, on uh, yesterday there was a, a a group these people all on this this train four thousand of them at one mm-hmm. time uh, just walked over the you know went over the border yeah you know can you imagine I mean look at that look at the the, the visual here walking uh, right over yeah and so and they just what? showed could you imagine being living in a town of thirty thousand people yeah. and eleven thousand migrants in a period of just like a week mm-hmm. suddenly are in your in your town yeah um. And they're just released into these border communities because they don't have enough room in the processing centers. Look, there's the barbed wire. You know, yeah. we'll, just, we'll just crawl under the barbed wire. Oh, here we are. Hi, we're here. I I, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a problem. And yeah. you know, we were talking yesterday about how this didn't become a, as big a problem in this country, at least in the media and in the news, uh, until we had governors like DeSantis and Abbott saying, mm-hmm. all right, fine. You want to be a sanctuary city way up there where there's no immigrants coming across your border where you're not being affected by it, but you're a sanctuary city. Yeah. Fine. We're going to start putting these people on a bus and sending them to you because you're the one that's doing yeah, the whole, we'll see Hey, how you like it when it's in your own backyard or now you've got, now you've got the mayor of, of New York city. You've got the governor, uh, Hochul is, is mm-hmm. her name, I think. Yep. Um, suddenly now, oh, wait a minute. Now we've got an emergency. This is Kathy a crisis. should, uh, put them in the concentration camps that they want. She wants to put all the, not the refusers to get vaccinated in. Right now. I'm not advocating for concentration camps. That's not what I'm saying. But of course the absurdity is that, um, you know, these domestic governors in sanctuary states or, or mayors in sanctuary cities, they're fine as long as it doesn't come into their city or their state exactly, and overrun them <laughs> and overwhelm them. Uh, and this is not good for the people coming in either. No. Uh, by the way, Jonathan Emort's going to join us for the Sacred Fire of Liberty, hopefully by the bottom of and the And why is he not with us now? He's at the border right now. He's fact, there right now. He yeah. just sent a message that they're taking him to a holding facility, and he says uh, he wants to report live from from that holding facility down there at the southern border. Uh, he's uh, also going to be speaking for Turning Point USA, I think uh, tonight, in fact, on the San Diego area. Uh, we have a second video of uh, Jonathan at another uh, port of entry, port, if you will. How about a, a, a tunnel of entry? <laughs> An unofficial port of entry. Unofficial yes. port of entry where there is no border patrol present at all, even though it's clearly obvious what's happening and where they're coming through and they don't even bother putting anybody there. Why? What's going on? Let's uh, watch this clip from Jonathan E. Mord from this very morning. Here we are again. It's Mexican border. And this is one of the areas where people come through. So they come over the the uh, border wall, the, the barrier, and they come through these areas right here, which are used for water flow when it happens, but when it's not, they can go all the way through and use a diamond cutter and get rid of that fence over there, and there they are in the United States. As you can see, uh, where would you expect authorities to be? Somewhere around here, right? But they can't be here because the Biden administration doesn't have adequate defense of the United States. And then we see some of the graffiti around here, which is from Mexican gangs. So you've got gang activity here, obviously. And so what a perfect opportunity for gangs to get into the United States through these openings. Mm. Again, the argument that we can't do it, you know, it's that we won't do it or the Biden administration is not interested in it or whoever is pulling the puppet strings of the Biden administration to continue to allow the flow of illegals into this country. And that's not xenophobia. It's not good for the people that are flowing in.
to come in here in this way. Find me any you, other country that does that. Yeah, where is that other country? Where is that? Maybe uh, Canada. Maybe Western Canada might be democracy. the closest. Yeah, Canada doesn't even let this happen. <laughs> no. You know, there's, it's, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of expert on border security or, or whatever, but I think it's, it's just logic. You know, when you if won't you, stop it, that means you want it to happen. Is that fair to conclude? Um, yeah, somebody, somebody is, somebody is, wants is this to happen. That's yeah. pulling the strings in the Biden administration. Yeah. And I would argue these globalists that want to destroy whatever is left of the United States of America, uh, under the oh. law of nations, you have to have borders to have a nation. If you have no borders, you have no nation. I've, I've talked about this back, uh, referencing back to the 1980s when, uh, Ron Paul and Larry McDonald had the ear of Ronald Reagan and said, president Reagan, you know, you can't have a nation without an independent treasury. And with the, with the, with the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 and the, and the declared bankruptcy in 1933 and the Nixon removing the gold standard completely and then the silver was removed all before that even from the, from the coins, there was no independent treasury. There was no U.S. Treasury printing or, or, or minting anything. And that point was made to Reagan and Reagan then initiated a, a, a you know, a law. I don't remember. Was that an executive order or a Congre act of Congress? But that's when the U S mint started minting uh, the $50 uh, gold one ounce uh, Eagles. And then of course, then we had the silver Eagles, the one ounce silver coins as well. And then the fractionals thereof, it used to be $20 when the gold pieces were, uh, you know, according constitutional coin back in the day before the federal reserve. And certainly before the uh, declared bankruptcy in 1933, 34, when, uh, um, What's the what's the guy's name? Uh, cripple president, FDR, right? <laughs> he, yeah, he was in a wheelchair. The they cripple said he had president is that how, well, is that how was, we he, remember? They said, <laughs> they, they said he had polio, but he was really uh, poisoned. President Gimp. Yes, he was gimpy, yes. or, or he was in a wheelchair. That is but so he, not uh, PC. Remember, he called on the emergency. Everybody had to turn in their gold. If you remember yeah. that. And the, the buffoon Americans that bought into it did, and, and a lot didn't, but uh, that's why we still have $20 gold pieces out there. But the point I'm making is that the, under the law of nations, you have to have borders. You have to secure borders or else you don't have a nation. And it, it appears that those. Well, yeah, charge, I mean, why don't we just whip out the map and just just have just like a big circle, right? Yeah. You know, with no lines. Right. Yeah, we don't need countries and borders right. and stuff like that. But, you know, Robert, well, here's, here's I think what is a bigger problem. You know, when I sit here, I think, okay, what are all the we've we've seen all of the, the the talk about how you know you get these illegal immigrants come in, they get these free benefits, they get the you know the food stamps and the the health care and all that stuff like that. Obviously, that's not sustainable. You know, I no. mean, it's just not. It just makes sense. Just just simple. Even 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 a guy who sucks at math mm -hmm. can you know can come up with you know the, the logical conclusion. That you know, this is this is not something sustainable. You know, we don't have the money, you know, to do that forever, especially when you got thousands and thousands of people coming over the border every day. Yeah. But you know what? What kind of freaks me out a little bit is the national security situation. You know, I mean, let's think mm -hmm. about it. Right now, if you go to try and get on a plane, what do they do? You've been on a plane recently, right? Now, if you don't happen to be lucky enough to get, you know, like the fast you know, go through thing, you know, but if you're just like just the average Joe that goes to the, to the right airport, what do you got to do? 
got to take yeah. your shoes off, got to put your stuff through the, take your belt the thing off, and a belt and go ID, through the, the thing that. and it scans yeah. you. And if, if for whatever reason there's a red flag and they grab your junk and they, you know, you know, you know, this is what they're doing. And why? For security, right? We've got to make sure that we don't have somebody sneak trying to get onto a plane and blow up mm -hmm. a plane or something, you yeah. know, in the airport. But what's going on down at the border right now? Mm -hmm. Right? You know, all, all of the, 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 the people in the country have to jump through all these hoops of stuff for security and safety because of terrorism. Yet there are people, just thousands and thousands of people that are crossing over the border every freaking day. Yeah. And, and a number of these, they've, they've, count, you know, they've found the, the people that are on the terrorist watch list. They're, they're just coming right over the border. Why those are the, one, those are the ones they catch. Well, and Jonathan will be here at the bottom of the hour, hopefully from the, uh, the, the holding facility there at the uh, border, southern border. Uh, but why wouldn't this be also an impeachable offense? You fail to defend the borders of the United States. Who's, I mean, are, are the Republicans, are there any that are stepping up and going, you know, this is a, a, an extraordinary violation of our, you know, constitutional uh, uh, the requirements, if you will. Uh, and, and he's talked about block grants to the states to defend the borders that are border states. But um, Jonathan's not in the Senate yet. So uh, we want to get that going. So thank you again for everybody that donated uh, during the three hour plus telethon we did on Monday with Mike Adams. And I encourage you to share that show. And you, every time you hear Jonathan speak, you'll say, oh, my gosh, we need him in the U.S. Senate. And you'll donate as well. But thank you for that as well. Uh, we'll hear from Jonathan hopefully sometime this hour. That's the plan as well. In about uh, nine and, minutes, and, I'm going to get him well, on the phone. Yeah, we're going to try to get him on the phone. Hopefully yeah. the, the connection link is, is good by phone from the border. Did you see the Fetterman dude that we didn't know could speak, right? He had a stroke <laughs> and he's, he's in the Senate and now he's gotten them to change the dress code. So he's in like shorts and a t-shirt. Well, let me ask you something because I haven't read a lot about what yeah. led up to the, the new dress code or yeah. lack of mm -hmm. in Congress now. Yeah. But uh, some, I mean, is it true that Fetterman is the reason why they, they made it? So now uh, every day is casual Friday. Well, apparently uh, I don't know. He's unable to dress himself. I don't know what's going on here. I mean, <laughs> when did, when was this ever an issue before Fetterman was, you know, seen running with in, in sweatpants, for instance, and a hoodie. Well, check this out. <laughs> Yeah. Here he is showing up for work. Uh, uh, I'll tell you what, Super Don, I'm not the best dresser in the world. I can dress up if my wife tells me what to wear. I can figure it out. Dude, this is more than casual. This is like I just rolled out of bed. This is slovenly. Now, yeah. I'm going to say this, Super Dan. I don't know. Maybe somebody will get mad at me. But <laughs> if, if, let's just say, the U.S. Senate and the people in it did what they needed to do to protect this country and, 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 and not continually violate the constitution. I don't care if they go in naked. I'm just saying, not that I want to see Fetterman or anybody else. Naked. You know, that I'm, would make C-SPAN much more popular. Sure. Of course. Maybe yes. but horrific. But my point is that. Can you, all right. Can you picture Nancy Pelosi just for a second? No, thank you. I just, did I'm you just hurl. throw up in your mouth don't a little bit? Sorry. Uh, super D. I'm just saying <laughs> that. To me, you know, I, I think, you know, you talk about a hallowed institution. I don't want to overly respect the government, the institutions, though I do respect the intent and the high ideals of the American Republic. And, you know, and if, okay. I, look, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. But I think, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree that you and I both have come, we're, we, we come from a generation, and maybe this is something that's getting lost mm -hmm. uh, in the process here. 
of, of generations. Um, even if, even though I would not say that I respect, I don't know. I mean, I kind of do, if I was going to go to Congress, I, let's say I no. got invited to go be, you know, act in Congress and see what's going or something like that. I've been there and I dressed up. Even yep. if I, it, you know, I, I didn't even respect, I would still dress what you would consider to be appropriately, mm -hmm. right? For going yeah. to a place like that, right? Mm -hmm. No different than like if I was going to a job interview or if I was going to a wedding or if I was going to, you know, there, there's like a certain level of, of just, you know, dressiness well, that you would respect. do, right? But do, you, do you hear what I'm saying though about, listen, if they would just do that, which is constitutionally required of them and stop violating it, I don't care what they wear, all right, yeah, on that level, well, because it would be a, a will. A, 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 I'd happily trade the dress code for that. But you got them trouncing on the Constitution, really taking craps on it. But yes, they're still dressed nicely. That's not cool at all. So <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to put perspective on it that if we're going to now complain because the dress code has changed, but we haven't really been complaining about what they're doing when they are dressed up nicely. Do you follow me on context? Yeah, I know. Here? I understand what you're saying. I just. Yeah. And this I, is the thing that's going to be the outrage that, well, look, if it helps more constitutionally oriented people get in into Congress and the Senate. Okay, fine. But in the, in the big scheme of things, they've been taking craps on the constitution, wearing their finest clothing yeah. and, 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 you know, little to no complaint. Oh, at least they're dressed nicely. No, no I, that look, I understand. Work for me. I get it. I understand. Yeah. My perspective on it is here. And this is, this is a tweet by, by somebody that I guess saw him. Yeah, and and his uh, Fetterman apparently because he was presiding over the Senate wearing yeah. that, uh, and he said the world didn't spin off its axis. You know, I just did it. I think we can we will still go on. Um, my my perspective on the whole thing is that I still don't agree. With that. I don't care if you are a total douchebag. Yeah. Um, but it, it just it doesn't look right. It looks wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I mean, is it the end of the world? But I mean, is, can we call this a slippery slope? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, and does it really matter? I don't know. I guess these are good questions. Does it really matter what they wear, uh, the senators and the Congress people? Does it matter if they I'd wear say, a suit and I, a tie? I'd say that the average American would go, well, that's very disrespectful to be there and dress that way. At the same time, as I said, I try to make take that respect out point. of it, though, Robert. Just take what? respect out of it. Because I understand. Mm -hmm. Is it appropriate? It wouldn't even have to be respectful. If you went out to a nice dinner with your wife for your anniversary and you showed up in a tank top and cutoffs, yeah. one could say, eh, I mean, does it really matter really what you wear as long as you're there for the right reason or something like that? Or, or is it is it just kind of an expectation that as if you are going well, to do something like that, you dress nice. If you sure. are a congressman or a, a senator and you are going to go and, and be in Congress, should you be dressed what would be considered appropriate for the occasion? I think dress codes are set by uh, various institutions. You know, the concept of no shirts, no shoes, no service scenario. I mean, basically, you can you could find that so, at beach beach uh, restaurants, even, yeah. you know. Yeah, but this is not uh, a so beach restaurant. Setting, We're talking about the Capitol. We're talking yeah, about setting it. a dress code is not, um, let's just say, uh, discriminatory in terms of racist, right? Because that's the thing. It, it's not like this is a, a member of a minority group that goes in there and you're like, you claim that he's dressing inappropriately. And then you go, well, you're racist because this is how he dresses back in the hood or whatever it is you perceive it to be. Uh, mm -hmm. I think you come into a, a place. There's not, there's a reasonable expectation of uh, how you dress. Now, as I said, I keep coming back to this because I don't want to miss this point. If indeed they were doing 
the actual right thing that is the you know constitutional governance not exceeding it by one millimeter and and then i i would care less you know like you said it becomes not as important because as that tweet said the world still goes on true it does so in other words, you can wear whatever you want to in Congress as long as you are doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, call Jonathan E. Morton now, by the way. And, so if uh, Lauren, if Lauren Boebert showed up in a bikini, you'd be okay with that? Yeah. Most people No, would. I'm just saying but, the perspective for me is if they would just stop running roughshod over the freedom of the people of America and come back to constitutional senses, I would have less concern for the issue of what they wear. And I'm still wanting them to dress nicely, okay? I'm just okay. putting a perspective on it. All right. And uh, Super Don. Why so serious, can, Robert? Why so serious? Dude, it's a serious issue. The, the, <laughs> more than the clothing issue. I'm just saying. Six, four, four. So we'll try and get Jonathan Eboard on the phone now. Uh, Jonathan says he's sending more videos. So once we get him on, I'll talk to him on the phone. I'll see if uh, Super D is able to download them through WeTransfer. I know it's a lot to ask, but man, Super D rises to every challenge. Like I said, I'm still in awe of what he pulled off in the three hours with 11 plus guests and various ways we had to get them on the phone and everything. So uh, Sacred Fire Liberty Hour right now on the Robert Scott Bell Show, robertscottbell.com uh, slash listen for the chat room. Give us a, a message in the chat rooms, various chat rooms. Let us know where you're watching or listening from or if we know you. Like, hi, Leslie. Thank you for being here. We're glad you're here with us. And uh, let us know what you think as well. Uh, let's see. So Carol says, oh, I, see a, I see a comment here maybe related to this. Carol says, uh, since we're, they're working so hard destroying our country, couldn't they at least show some respect for the office? It's not like they don't earn enough to buy nice threads. That's true. They are budgeted very well, paid very well, and then they get the uh, the kind of cushy retirement that no one else gets. No one else gets. So let's let's go to Jonathan Emord from a holding facility on the border, southern border in California, over to Mexico. Uh, Jonathan, we played the two videos you sent so far. How are you? Are you being held in confinement? Are you free? <laughs> well, actually, I'm in the no man's land between the American border and the Mexican border now. And um, we're traveling along with the, the CBP to, to, to a holding facility. When I get there, I'm going to have to sign out for a moment, but we'll send you more video. Okay. But let me just say that, uh, you know, we sent you, we're sending you right now some more video showing you tunnels showing the area where tunnels are uh, being dug underneath the border area into warehouse facilities on, on the California side, and smuggling drugs through there. And there's little uh, border patrol port out here. A lot of it's diverted to, uh, you know, for work and processing. So you end up with uh, limited defense and it's really appalling when you, when you see just how little support they have. It's just amazing. The wonder that we 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 ha are not really invaded uh, by more people than we have now, given the given the defenses. But anyway, horrible enough. But it it, it could be a lot worse, I suppose. But anyway, well, it's it, this is the real chance for us to uh, to see things and to find out what's going on firsthand at the border. Sure. And if you were in Texas, you know, we just covered a small town, almost 50% of its population flooded through in a week, like 11,000 people. We showed some video of that. Trains coming up with loads of Venezuelan refugees, apparently, promised a, a new life in America to come in illegally. Uh, oh, listen, the change in the in the uh, administrative policy, which is basically now inviting uh, the, the, the entire country a sanctuary for uh, Border Patrol. Guys, come over here. Hey, take a picture of this. Here's somebody's flip flops to the 
defense. Apparently, they didn't want to cover the United States with their flip-flops on. Mm. Um, so we're out here right now. We're going to give you a picture uh, with me as here, the Mexican flag behind me in Mexico uh, next to the border wall. And, um, yeah. Did I lose Jonathan? Come back. Super Don, I can't hear Jonathan without you live on. Go ahead. Jonathan, continue. Hold on just a second. I'm going to have a shot taken. Hold on. Okay. So Jonathan's at the border uh, right now touring it. We're going to have some more video to show you. Uh, also, uh, Jonathan, I think it's fair to say that uh, we have the capacity. Okay, Robert, I'm back again. Yeah, Jonathan, I was just going to say we have the capacity as the, you know, the most powerful, prosperous nation in the history of the planet to, to, to secure our borders. The fact that we're not means that those in the Biden administration or those pulling the strings in that administration don't want it to be secure. Well, they're telling me here that uh, talking about the Venezuelans coming in because of the Biden administration's policies to make it essentially a sanctuary country for the, for the Venezuelans. And they're coming in in mass numbers, they're saying. So it's not just, you know, not a, uh, this is not a time to be celebrating. They're going to have, a, they're going to be overwhelmed for the next several months by all these coming here from Venezuela. And, you know, none of these people are being vetted. And what they're telling me is come in. And if they come to see most of the people that are coming through, only a small percentage are, are interdicted by Customs and Border Patrol. When they are, uh, all they can do is basically take them to a holding facility and then to get them out in, in you know, 42 hours, seven hours uh, by law. And they give them a little ticket that says, hey, look, report years later, three, four years later to uh, for a hearing. You'll be notified. They disappear. And they say the overwhelming majority of them are just disappearing into the United States. And, you know, this is no surprise to us. They're all over the United States. And the tragedy is that people in here legally who do the right thing are now second class citizens because people coming in illegally are being given first class treatment. So right. they get when they come in here, they get a, they get a, they're given a phone, welfare, they're given access to education, housing, they're given three thousand dollars per family. Uh, you know this is insane, isn't it? It's the it's the greatest fraud upon the people and citizens in this country that has ever been perpetrated, and Jonathan, it's all because of a Biden administration. Yep. My wife and I went through the San Diego Tijuana border. Uh, on a, a medical tourism thing on a day pass. And uh, it was still a, a bear to get through that border as an American, the lines, the hours it took, even with the fast pass. Yeah. Why would anybody bother going through that when you can just walk through with nobody stopping or asking any questions or checking anything? Yeah, it's, uh, it's shocking. It's really shocking. Um, and I just wish we got to keep reminding people this is happening and that we got to get the rascals who are in out and we got to get people in here who are serious about protecting our country into office. Uh, otherwise we're just, I mean, can you imagine you get about 17, there's probably substantially more than this, but we have at least 17 million illegal aliens in the United States. By the end of the Biden administration, that number is going to at least double and probably more than that. And we've, we've vetted these people. For all we know, that a good percentage of these people are agents of foreign powers and are threatening our country, right? I mean, we know that terrorists are coming in. They say that some health terrorists they know of on the terrorist watch list came through this border area. 
um, and they're in the country. And you get over 100 overall came into the country. So it's a ticking time bomb. That's uh, Biden's legacy, to create a ticking time bomb of terrorists and criminals. Imagine the crime that's going on, sex trafficking. They say that an enormous number of sex traffickers and drug traffickers are using these tunnels and these uh, these uh, uh, other means to, to come over uh, in a stealth fashion. They got people come in allegedly as family units. They're not they're not even they're not even associated with each other. They're not actual family members. And they you know, so we're, we're getting defrauded a single minute of every day. And these guys are out here working their tails off. And they have they have no support from the United States government. John, you got you, those guys. Here. Do you have adequate security there as well? I mean, I don't want you to run into any drug cartels while you're there. We need you in the U.S. Senate. Well, we do. We went over to an area where there were uh, we were told there had been two uh, um, illegal immigrants who had not paid their full due to the cartel. So the cartel people shot them on American soil. And one of them came crawling across, and they were able to get medical on the American side, but uh, the other one died. And uh, we were we were, we were taken right over to that area, and we were also told eight other individuals had been uh, found on the other side, Mexican side, by Mexican authorities, who uh, who had been killed. So you know, being a this is a, the hazardous business uh, when you're coming in with the cartels. You're not only top to get in here. But uh, you're abused, and it's a human tragedy. I mean, we're talking about uh, some of the most barbaric conditions for people, and um, they're willing to it because they think they can stay in this country, and they're right because this administration is not upholding the the rule of law and is allowing the immigration laws to be violated with impunity. So those are impeachable offenses, and that's impeachable for not only Alejandro Mayorkas but also the president of the United States. You know. You don't have to go very far. You don't even get to the Hunter Biden scandal to find a basis for impeachment. It's been giving us that since the start of the administration. His duty under the Article two of the Constitution is to make sure that the laws are faithfully executed and to function as the commander in chief and defend our nation against invasion. And instead, he's a, he's an agent of a foreign power himself because he's letting him come in here without vetting him at all. And he's allowing the these uh, who are coming in, who are criminals, uh, to havoc all across the United States with sex trafficking, drug trafficking, murder, rape, you know, all sorts of horrible things. Mm. And all this fentanyl coming through. We're told that in the, in the, in the mountainous area here, Robert, uh, they've got uh, uh, cartels, you know, putting drugs into the area. And they're up there doing drops, sometimes with uh, drones, uh, drug drops, and they some of them are up mules they call them they're coming across and they will stay overnight up there sometimes they light a fire up in the mountains and uh they leave the fire inadequately put out the fire and you have forest fires created by that this administration what's it doing nothing right nothing to stop these tragedies no serious effort well, you answered a question I had before you joined us live about the impeachability of uh you know the the purposeful not, uh, you know, for instance, that first video you shared was, well, I don't know if it was a couple hundred yards of wall gap, not only the uh, the one Trump had proposed, but the old one. It's like, you, how does the, again, 
the wealthiest nation on the planet, even though we're $33 trillion in debt now, the ability to do a couple hundred yards of a fence is like the Army Corps of Engineers could do it in a, in a day, less than a day. And and the fact that it's wide open just says, come on in. We're not interested in securing the border. Uh, what else is there but a desire to see uh, a weakening of this country? And that means the Biden administration and those who control it are actively engaged in uh, bringing down this country. And, you know, here we well, are. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, this anyone who thinks that this is just benign neglect is out of their mind. This is intentional, Robert. They're, they're undermining the authority of our own border protection intentionally. This is, this is a calculated design. It brings down the government. It really does. It brings down the criminal justice system, tears down the whole social fabric, right? When you allow people in here with impunity, vetting of them. You know, you a, a we, we are already with all these all these MS-13, 18th Street gang people are coming through. Right. And, and then the rest of them, I mean, even if you're even if you're a person who's just trying to find a job, well, the fact of the matter is they're undermining the uh, employment of other people in this country because they work, they're here illegally. If they're employed, they're employed illegally. Ordinarily, they're paid less than minimum wage. They're doing work that other people would do at the minimum wage, or they're doing work uh, that's you know, displacing American citizens or the opportunity for American citizens, economy worsens over the next couple of years. This mm -hmm. is going to be a big issue because well, increasingly employers are going to look to illegals to cut their costs to avoid these legal requirements on minimum wage, social security tax, employment sure. taxes, taxes to the state. Right. So this is this is a, this is encouraging widespread criminality, not only illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. But the whole, a whole network of elite activities. You still there, Jonathan? The loose signal. He's on Sounds the border, like <clears throat> going to a, a, a holding facility. I'll try apparently. and get him back. All right. Yeah. And we might have lost signal. I don't know what's going on down there, but I was just going to bring this up. And if I get him back on, maybe I can uh, to take it one step further in terms of the illegality. Um, on the border, it's happening in towns like San Francisco and Los Angeles and uh, particularly uh, in Chicago, uh, New York, these so-called sanctuary areas where there's so much crime. There, there, these companies, whether you like them or not, like uh, here's a, a story out of Chicago, uh, Democrat Mayor Brandon Johnson now wants to create city-run grocery stores to promote what he calls equitable access to food after Walmart and Whole Foods both closed their stores there in Chicago. And we've seen in San Francisco, these companies are pulling out. They can't function as businesses anymore. It's impossible because they, the, the, the police aren't allowed to even arrest the criminals who are violating your property rights. And, uh, you know, so what we're seeing is a wholesale breakdown in any form of civility, uh, the concept of rule of law, right? The, the, the decorum that's right at teetering on the edge of complete breakdown into a zombie apocalypse. You know, people might say, hey, Mike Adams, you're exaggerating about this. Well, no, he's not. This is already happening in cities. If you see what's, you know, being covered. And here's a, another example. So what would be the next step? Basically, state-run grocery stores 
You know, I feel like the imagery of uh, the Soviet occupied uh, East Germany, where people were wearing drab gray clothing or, or, or potato sacks and just putting a rope around them just to, because there's no money for anything. Everything's been destroyed by this, you know, method of uh, denying individual liberty, uh, regulating the life out of life, controlling everybody and everything. And of course, allowing the criminals to run amok because uh, the belief system of those that are uh, what we call downtrodden is that they can't get ahead. They're convinced that they can't. So then they reach out and lash out at anybody who has anything left. And so the criminal cartels take over, as we said in Chicago, where Whole Foods and Walmart have pulled out of certain areas. And now the mayor wants to create a city run grocery store to promote equitable access to food. What kind of food will be equitable when it's coming through the government, Jonathan? Well, you know, uh, one of the things I don't know if you heard me mention before we got cut off is this reality of a massive black labor market, black market. That's what I mean. And that black market is, you know, you're talking about people here illegally who are under the radar and they're not paying taxes. They're not a part of the system and they're getting employed by employers who want to be able to get work done for cheap and are not afraid of the, uh, the employment laws, which are not being enforced either. So you end up with uh, people here illegally getting under the minimum wage, working in jobs that could be, you know, there could be legal, legal aliens or, or, you know, others who could work those jobs that are here legally. And they're here illegally. They're getting the jobs and the employer's shafting them by paying them, you know, terrible wages. But also it's a huge black market and they get to undermine their competitors right? Because they can lower their labor costs, lower the cost of the goods they sell and get an advantage in the market. Whereas an honest employer who wants to follow the law is disadvantaged by that. Now, this may not be a a problem that is overwhelming the American market presently, but imagine in the next couple of years when upwards of 10% of the American population is illegal, then you've got this massive black market. And and it just add to the current economy, which is bad enough. What's going to happen to it in the next couple of years with inflation, high, even higher gas prices, higher grocery store prices, people barely being able to survive now. They're going to fall off the cliff. Right. So you're going to have considerable unrest. You're going to create an environment that's like a powder keg because you're crushing the American economy in multiple ways. But this black we really have to think about because this is going to happen here very quickly. The Biden administration's legacy is a ticking time bomb. And it's, you got terrorists coming across, you have all these criminals coming across and, and all this uptick in violent uh, gang activity. I mean, MS-13 is nothing to sneeze at. We're talking about people that behead people. Yeah. Jonathan, uh, the inevitability of what you're describing uh, is it is it something we can curtail or we like like in the last hours before this happens? And this is I know the sense of urgency you feel in running for the United States Senate, realizing that we have become a, a rogue nation, you know, a nation whose uh, government no longer. Well, of course, finds, we can save our country. But I'm telling you, the silent majority has got to become vocal. Gotta step have it got up, to look, yeah. pay attention to this right now. I mean, this yeah. is something when you come to the border like this, and you interact with these brave people who fight this battle every day. You really 
and our country is besieged and that the, there's an invasion taking place. And they're talking about, you know, people oftentimes think, well, you know, the only people coming across the border are from Mexico, South America. Well, they're telling me, you know, not only is it Venezuela, but they're talking about people coming from the Middle East, people coming from Russia, people coming from China. I mean, this is being taken. We're being taken advantage of by our global enemies. Yeah. Try sneaking into China and see how well that works. Right. I mean, why are all of these military aged male Chinese coming over the border illegally? Well, you know, it doesn't take too much uh, intuition to figure when the Chinese are already uh, engaging all, all sorts of nefarious activities within the United States. And now they got an army of males who are in former military from the, the People's Liberation Army coming into the United States. And we're doing absolutely nothing about it. You know, and all the fentanyl coming through and the other drugs coming through. And they're, they're, it's just we're being. Jonathan, we lose you. All right, Jonathan Emord reporting from the southern border outside of San Diego. We've shown a couple of videos, uh, one where there's just a border, a big gap in the in, in any fence at all, and uh, another area where they were just coming through a, a little uh, tunnel. He says there are other tunnels that uh, he's got video of. I don't know if we'll get them. We might get them in by hour two at this point. I don't know. Super Donald will be paying attention to that, and uh, we, we'll get some more uh, reporting to you. This is not a made-up crisis. This is a crisis that is artificially created by just not doing what you're obligated constitutionally to do to enforce the laws. Now, uh, there's nothing about this that, uh, that should be uh, construed to mean Jonathan E. Moore or I or anybody associated with this show are against legal immigration. Never been the issue. Yeah. I mean, you can try to get him back on super Don one more time. Otherwise we can let him go and get some more video if he, if he's able to send it. So, uh, Again, the, the signals coming from the border are spotty at best at this point. Uh, but the point is, um, I think that even many Democrats or Demo- Democrat voters from the past are inclined now to not fall prey to the, oh, uh, people in the Republican Party are all uh, xenophobes and they hate uh, foreigners. I mean, that's it, it would only go so far. I'm not saying there's nobody like that on either in either uh, party. But the point is here that this is... Um, uh, a level of demagoguery that is not rooted in in uh, any sound intellectual uh, engagement. Uh, what's happening down there and how it's impacting the rest of the country. But, you know, this goes hand in hand with some of these other issues, as we talked about, uh, you know, maybe a bit more superficial of an issue of uh, Fetterman going in with uh, shorts and a T-shirt, basically, into, into the United States Senate and presiding over it. Uh, and granted, you know, that doesn't end the country, but it certainly uh, tramples on uh, some level of respect for uh, the institution, but the institution itself has lost a lot of respect because of the people that have been sent into it. Now, whether they've been actually voted in or they've been selected, not elected, again, we can get into those discussions. But clearly, those of you that have been sitting on the sideline on this front uh, have to step up and and uh, not just demand um, you know respect for these laws, but also uh, recognize that you're the stopgap measure. You know, that goes beyond the 10th Amendment, you know, when the states aren't even standing up for what's right against the federal government by protecting their own borders, even though it's a shared border, their border and the U.S. border, basically. Uh, There's got to be uh, something that's, uh, uh, you know, a little more active and engaging. Now, I'm not even saying voting is the uh, be all end all. In fact, whether you do or not, that's up to you. But um, 
How have I described it long ago? And I was, you know, there were people on the left that were claiming I hated, you know, foreigners. I mean, just the stupidest thing ever. And I said this about uh, the, the, the nature of biology or the biology of nature in terms of cell health going down to the individual cell. Every cell in your body, whether it be considered a mammalian cell or uh, a bacterial cell, which we do rely upon, has a border, a wall or a membrane that protects it from the outside world. And that border wall or membrane has an obligation for the protection of the life of that cell to say, this is what gets in. This is what doesn't. And it's an imperative for life itself. And then we extrapolate that out. In other words, if something tries to penetrate that cell, there are typically immune defenses to ward off that violation or else the cell could be weakened or even die. And we're at that point in our country's history where there are people within our country that have initiated, I guess, an autoimmune disease because it isn't so much these foreign cartels are shooting their way into the cell or into America. From within, we've weakened it by opening it up and saying, come on in. And this is true of what's, uh, I guess, say wrong about the germ theory that we're, we're thinking we're invaded by foreign germs when it's the weakness from within that allows them either to come on in from external areas or even within your body that they exist and cause no problem uh, to then come in because you've weakened the cell so much that they have free reign or free access. And then your body's immune system has to act from within if, it, if it's even allowed to. And that's the weird thing about it. It's like our own country, the people in our country and our government and law enforcement or those who rule over law enforcement are saying, do not act in defense of the cell. In other words, destroying the immune system before it even begins by ordering it to stand down or destroying those rogue immune entities who are trying to do by God their level best to protect the entity, the cell, the country. So this is so far beyond, uh, uh, let's say, the demagoguery of, oh, you hate foreigners, you're, 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 you're xenophobic or you're racist or anything like that. These are things that have been used to discredit anybody who says, we have a nation, we have to protect its borders under the law of nations, that is required, or you don't have a nation. And I point out to those still arguing for open borders, and Bobby Kennedy's running as a Democrat, he's gone down there and said, this is a tragedy. This is a disgrace. This is not helpful. This is not humanitarian to have open borders. This is not helpful to the poor people that need help. This is not anything but the destruction of this country, the people in it, and those who are trying to come in illegally. This is so much beyond that. I'm going to call you a name. So you're afraid to say, hey, we've got to fix this. We got to stop this this you know automatic leak. And again, don't blame the people coming in unless they're again foreign intent intents. You know, uh, Super Don, are you able to call uh, uh, Jonathan real quick? You just texted to ask if you can reach him one more I time. I tried and I wasn't able to get through to him. It was just garbled and and the, the service was not good. I can try if you want me to try, try one more time okay. uh, and uh, we'll see. If not, right. then we'll, we'll carry on. But yeah, again, this is the thing that I, I just want to implore you to consider the natural law, the natural order of the universe, which is not racist. It's not xenophobic. These are things ex agreed upon by all countries of the world, yet as I point out, try to, let's say, sneak into Russia, sneak into China, sneak in, name the country, Canada. How will you be treated?
And, and we're looked at, you know, by those within the pseudo political left to say we're cruel, mean and unusual for wanting to have borders. Do they not understand under the law of nations you have to or do they not care? Are they part of the overt attempt to destroy our country from within? At this point, I mean, you got to ask the question as uncomfortable as it may be for some of you. I'm just asking. And at that point, conclude that y- you definitely want to support Jonathan Emore to become the next U.S. senator from Virginia to displace someone like Tim Kaine, who ran as vice presidential candidate with Hillary Clinton. These people are globalists. And you've heard me say it and others say it as well. It isn't about Republican versus Democrat. It's about globalists versus those who believe in America at this point as a nation and want to defend her for all the good that it was intended to be. Because if we lose this country, where are you going to go for freedom? What other country on planet Earth has in its founding documents from the Declaration of Independence through the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution forward to today at its core, at its basis, an acknowledgement, a recognition that our rights come from God, not government. Even as we point out a number of times, our friends in Canada have found out that their Charter of Rights is an act of parliament. It's not an acknowledgement of pre-existing rights that come by virtue of your very creation separate from and superior to government in terms of sovereignty is with the government, the King, the queen, the emperor, the prime minister, etc. not the people. Whereas in the United States, and I'm not saying we've been living this way, but where else are you going to establish it? If you lose it, I'm asking the serious question. I know this is an uncomfortable thing, but we do this on the Robert Scott Bell show. Do we have uh, do we have Jonathan Emore back? He's shooting video. We'll be sending it to us. Okay. So, uh, we're going to wrap up this hour in just a couple of minutes. I want to say thanks to all y'all for being here. I know that our Thursday edition of the Robert Scott Bell for the first hour, Sacred Fire of Liberty, it's different from all other hours with Jonathan E. Mord, and it's purposefully so. Going back to the origins, the cornerstone, and as it relates to what we're experiencing today in terms of how do we secure liberty? Is it through tyrannical acts of government, or is it through tyrannical acts of defying the Constitution or ignoring it or trampling upon it? Or is it ultimately that you recognize your divine right, not the divine right of kings, your divine right is to be, well, left alone, certainly. But if you're not left alone, that you have an obligation to defend yourself and your family, your loved ones, and your country, your nation, or whatever you want to call it at this point. Is this a call to arms and violence? No. While we still have an opportunity to change things in a nonviolent manner, we want to, we wish to, we hope to, we pray to. But if you don't act now, then it becomes inevitable that all that is left to you is something that is not tenable, not something you want to do, something you read about in the history books. And very rarely does a revolution of any kind result in more freedom. Usually it results in more tyranny. That's why the American Revolution was unique in recorded history. Are you ready to walk away from it? These are the things that are flowing through me as as Jonathan E. Mord was reporting from the border today as what's going on there. There's no excuse for it other than the people that are allowing it to happen want it to happen. And you may feel an obligation to get them out of office so that this stops. All right. Thanks as well to uh, all of our friends out there that support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. We've got a lot more to do, including taking on the fear and death administration next hour, which Jonathan Emord has done for decades as well. Uh, in his uh, law law career, as well as uh, him running for the U.S. Senate. But how many people every year are killed by properly used, administered, and prescribed FDA-approved pharmaceutical drugs? 
back in the year 2000, there was a, a Barbara Starfield wrote a, a paper peer reviewed, published in the journal of the American medical association, 2000 year, 2000 that showed that modern medicine was the third leading cause of death. And then you have the psychiatric profession, which used to be somewhat benign back in the early part of its, its creation when it was talk therapy. Nothing wrong with talking to people and listening to people. It's cathartic, it's helpful, it's healing. But that wasn't good enough. The moment they figured out they can mess with your brain chemistry, even without a test to show that the brain chemistry was off, the selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs came on the market, were approved by the FDA, and arguably... Peter Bregan says that half a million people die every year of these SSRI drugs. Paxil, Zoloft, Prozac. Uh, next hour, we're going to talk about a tragic uh, loss of life in that sense from Kim uh, Witzak. She lost her husband in the year 2003, I believe it was, at the age of 37 due to suicide. And he was on one of these drugs. What is her passion and mission in life at this point? You can imagine what it is. We'll talk about that. Shout out to uh, Dr. Jack, James Lines-Weiler, doing great, great education through ipac-edu.org, I-P-A-K-edu.org. Coursework and all the things you thought you knew or learned, even if you went to PhD level or medical school level coursework, it probably wasn't accurately taught. And you have the opportunity to go back and learn it, maybe for the first time or maybe write for the first time. If you go to ipac-edu.org, you'll see the amazing array of courses available to you, various tracks, biology, uh, health and wellness. Um, you've got analytics. I mean, you've got go egghead psychology stuff, and you can go into various forms of uh, even media discussion and interaction. There's amazing array of courses, all more being added and very reasonable. So check out ipac-edu.org. Sign up for a course there and tell them Robert Scott Bell sent you. Uh, and you'll be better for it. So I thank uh, Jack for his support as well of this show and what we try to do to bring that power to heal back where it belongs with each and every one of you. So we got a whole other hour broadcast healing. If Super Don is able to get more video from Jonathan, we'll we'll see if we can play it in the second hour as well as, uh, oh, you won't believe what your government and other governments around the world, wherever you are, are stealing from you, your tax money, stealing from you and investing in what? Studies to do what? To mind control you, to manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. What do they want you to do? Get an unlimited number of mRNA injections. For what purpose? We'll get into that in a moment. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the show, robertscottbell.com. Become a patron supporter. We've got a homeopathic hit today. One of the big ones. Where are all the greatest homeopathic hits happening? On the Robert Scott Bell Show, where the power to heal is yours. Two hours a day, five days a week. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on various networks where we haven't been banned, including our own at robertscottbell.com slash listen. And the sixth day, or the first day of the week, technically Sunday, if you're counting, uh, we do Sunday conversations. And uh, I've just enjoyed immensely the ability to go kind of slow into conversation and really explore the reason people 
believe what they believe. What is their passion? What is their mission? And uh, if you haven't tuned into our Sunday conversations, again, it's available everywhere. The podcasts are, except where we're banned. I'm not even going to name those places we're banned at the moment, but you can go to robertscatbell.com slash listen and see all of that. Why would they ban me? Why would they ban us? What am I all about? Health, freedom, and healing liberty. Apparently they don't like that. They don't like it when we disagree with the WHO, the CDC, the FDA, Anthony Fauci, Biden, et cetera. Uh, this isn't about necessarily conservatism versus liberalism or whatever you want to say. It's really about individual liberty and uh, bodily autonomy, freedom, et cetera. And those of you who believe in it apparently are considered enemies of the state now. Uh, we'll get into more of that as you find out your uh, so-called tax money is being used to enslave you, if not physically and in, in prison cells, then you're mentally. And I'll explain that in just a moment. But first up, shout out to my friend, Bobby Oren, who you've met many times here on the Robert Scott Bell Show now. He's brought to us from Georgia, uh, back where, you know, uh, you know, he was living under the Soviet Union, escaped, got out of there in the 70s, went to Israel, eventually came to America. And he brought to us out of Ukraine initially the response to Chernobyl-level disaster of radiation, this botanical blend that is now known as Folium or Folium PX. And if you go to foliumpx.com, use the code RSB10, you'll get 10% off. You get the Folium Original, Folium Immuno, and the Folium Relax, a three-pronged approach to address this with a Chernobyl-level antioxidant. You get what I'm saying? And this is the stuff that helped my mom get back on the dance floor at the age of 89. Even right before it, uh, on January 1st of this 2023, she went out dancing again after three years almost of suffering during the COVID years of unknown things, but it was rough. She was going downhill. And it brought her back. Within two weeks on it, she's like calling me. Is like, I got energy again. I'm sleeping well again. And then on her birthday, her 89th birthday, January 29th, she was out dancing as well. Uh, so great news from uh, Folium. You can have it, foliumpx.com. If someone has not taken advantage of the offer, those that want to support Jonathan Emord, he said he would give you uh, a full set of uh, Folium, a year's supply for uh, a donation, you know, basically that he would turn over to Jonathan Emord's campaign. Uh, so reach out and ask him about that. Uh, there was also a 25% discount, he said, for a full year. Just check it out. Ask ask Bobby. Say, I heard about it on the Robert Scott Bell Show. He'll hook, he'll hook you up. Anyway, so uh, the obligation you have to so-called pay taxes. Now, you've got to determine whether you have a liability for something. And, you know, you assume wrong, that's on you. But don't assume you do just because everybody else assumes they do. Finding out whether you have a liability is an important starting point. Because if you give them money, they will use it not for your benefit or the benefit of your fellow Americans or name the country that collects taxes from you, but they will use it for their benefit, the benefit of government or global governance to weaken you, to enslave you. What am I talking about? Am I making this stuff up? No. Check out this article from The Defender at childrenshealthdefense.org. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Headline reads, U.S. other governments funding 6,000 studies on how to overcome vaccine hesitancy. Vaccine hesitancy. That's not even a thing. Remember back, uh, was it 2018, January? Uh, they came out with this list. The World Health Organization said, um, these are the top 10 threats to global health. And one of the top 10 threats was this thing we'd never heard of, vaccine hesitancy. Like, what is that? It means somebody is thinking clearly and critically about what they want to inject into you or their children, and they're saying, maybe not. And you say, well, how, how do we overcome that? 
How do we counter that? Well, the one of the stupidest things they did during COVID was make it darn near impossible to opt out of something that no one should have ever had to opt in or didn't even give an opportunity to opt into. That is a COVID mRNA injection, new technology, old technology, whatever you want to say, which is not meeting the definition of vaccine. So they switched the definition of a vaccine to include it. It's absolutely absurd, patently, and it is grossly unconstitutional what they've done. And it is also unscientific. Those who are promoting it are anti-science aggressionists like Paul Offit. <laughs> yeah, promoting this. And uh, Paul Offit, I don't know if you saw recently, has come out and said, uh, if you're a religious person, you have an obligation to get the COVID jabs, injections. Like what does Paul Offit know about religious beliefs? I would, I would dare say nothing. He's probably an atheist. And he's telling you your obligation as a person of faith, as a person who believes in religion, is because there's nothing in the Bible that says specifically you can't get an mRNA shot. Well, dude, where was the mRNA technology back in the time of Moses? Do you think you might could extrapolate a little bit and say that's probably like lying down with the beasts in the field? exchanging DNA and RNA with animals in that way. I think that might be, it might be worse what they're doing by injecting this stuff again, derived often from aborted fetal cell lines as well, whether it's, it's contained in the finished product or not, but to synthetically alter DNA or protein synthesis through mRNA technology to produce abhorrent toxic proteins. This is a religious obligation we heard people saying, what would Jesus do? Jesus would want you to get this shot. I mean, these are people that I don't think they have a, a, a faith in anything but themselves and their own ego promoting this concept. Do we have that video of Paul Offit saying this, Super Don? Because I would argue that, that a religious exemption to vaccination is a contradiction in terms. I mean, religion teach you to care about your children, care about your family, care about your neighbor, to take responsibility for being a member of society. I think that, that a choice not to get a vaccine based on religious grounds is, 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 is an incredibly unreligious thing to do. I mean, you said it on this program before that public health is about caring about society. And, and, and that's what, what religion also teaches you. So they should be, in theory, aligned with each other. Public health is not about that. Public health is about Marxism, collectivism, and violation of your fundamental individual liberty rights to bodily autonomy, as they claim that the only way you are being responsible is if you mask and gag yourself so you don't kill grandma when you breathe in her vicinity. And they're telling this to children, to grandchildren. Criminal anti-religion, anti-God, anti-spirit when they do this. It's not, a, this Offit dude, again, we, we tried to get him on the show once when he was hesitant about getting uh, one of the boosters. We said, hey, we agree with you on that. Would you come on the show? No, no, thank you. He won't engage in this discussion, but now he'll come out and say, oh, you people of, of faith, you religious people are being unreligious because you don't want to subject yourself or your children to experimental injections from an atheistic, scientific, or pseudoscientific community. So now we got the U.S. government and other governments of the world funding studies on how to overcome your hesitancy. I would call it vaccine obstinacy because we are obstinately opposed to mandatory injections of any and all kind. Even holy water injections, you should have the freedom to do it yourself if that's what you want to do. I wonder how much, how much these studies cost. Yeah, and how you, much were, you were talking, yeah, how much the studies Oh, 6,000 yeah. studies. I'll tell you what. Mm -hmm. 
for a hundred bucks, yeah, Alex, <laughs> uh, I'll take uh, how how to uh, help people feel uh, less hesitant about getting vaccines. You you know what the answer is? Stop lying. Stop buying them. Stop lying. Oh, stop lying. Be yeah, honest. Well, how about that? Yeah. That's what we keep telling them. How many, how many times? I mean, not that I want to give them any advice, but uh, not that they're gonna I don't know. Listen. Maybe yeah. maybe stop stop uh, stop lying about stuff. Mm-hmm. Stop, uh, you know. what? They can't conceive that that's all it would take, right? I mean, if you look like, you know, the fines and the, the, uh, the, the penalties and the laws that have been broken by these pharmaceutical companies, they really don't have a good... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, reputation. And and these things are in the news. You know, when you have, you know, like Pfizer gets fined, you know, $2 billion for, <laughs> you know, the rap sheets on the, on these, these pharmaceutical right. companies are, are just horrible and yeah. they get away with it. They get away. You know, people may think, oh, well, they paid a big fine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all part of the business model. They set money, this money aside, you know, it's like, well, we know that eventually we're probably going to get sued. We, they might catch us you know, doing this, this fraudulent activity and these kickbacks and this stuff like that. Yeah. So this money is over here just in case it happens, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, it's okay because we'll make our billions of dollars in the meantime. Yeah. Whatever happened to conscientious objection to war, the war that they've declared is on you. Why would you be obligated to give them one red cent when it basically is supportive of a communist takeover, a Marxist plot to deny individual liberty and freedom and inject you with anything they say you must be injected with. This is, and I'm, I'm not saying you even need to conscientiously, conscientiously object once you realize the, the question of liability and do you have any. But I'll set that aside for the moment just to acknowledge that their only way to get you to take these shots is to deceive you, to lie, to frighten you. To trick and ultimately you. force you. Yes, and ultimately yeah. force you. Because, Super D, you say they need to just tell the truth, stop lying. But, of course, if they do that, <laughs> people are not going to get the shots because That's then they'll find true. out what we know. I mean, yeah, that is true. Because, you know, what what would be a part of telling the truth? Well, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. do a little bit of uh, maybe some testing on this here. You know, yeah. they say they test this stuff. But, I mean, we were talking just the other day about this this new one that they just come out with. This, this, some people mistakenly call it a booster. It's not a booster. Yeah, it's Uh, it's a new vaccine, right? Mm -hmm. The one that that Biden says, well, this is one that's going to work. By the way, what what are you saying? You mean that the other one didn't work? He's admitting that the other one didn't work? Did you hear Howard Stern yesterday even more? I heard some of what we were talking about, about Stern. I didn't listen. No. I've lost even more respect for the guy. Was that him talking about being woke and being proud of it? Yeah, I mean, he's like, vaccines, yes, I'm in. It's science, science, science. I'm like, this guy has become either a buffoon. Now, I'm suspicious (laughs) that he is being deceptive as well because. You know, his whole career was based on what? Humiliating people, arguably not paying them. I, You know, there's a lot behind the scenes that this guy was not. Yes, he was talented. Yes, he was successful in radio, and you can appreciate that talent. But at the same time, to see his colors come out now and do this, I, you know, I don't respect that at all, what yeah. he's doing. I don't think he's being honest about it, although he is apparently a germaphobe. A Howard Hughes level germaphobe. I'm not asking you to defend him either, Super D. I'm just saying what I feel. No, about hell, look, what he's I'm a funny saying. guy. Yeah, you know, but uh, it, he he has his he's made some interesting comments as of late. Yeah. Um, well, all during COVID, he became uh, and a not even about that. But I mean, he but... he accused Bill Maher of being sexist. Yeah. And oh, I'm like, guy, wait a minute, the you're the you're the guy that made your career on naked women and boobs and stuff yeah. and everything. And you're you're telling me that you're calling somebody sexist, right? Are you exactly. kidding? I mean, it's yeah, something's yeah. something's shifted there with him. But in any All case, right. 
All right. So anyway, thank you for getting that uh, article out. I think Robert Malone wrote that one for the Defender or it was republished by the Defender. You guys check it out at robertscatbell.com. You realize your government is actively conspiring against you, investing the money that you give them by force of a gun or a threat of loss of life, liberty and property, uh, that they will use that money to enslave your mind, if not your body. It's not the America you were taught to believe as a kid, if you were taught to believe in it. It's been hijacked. It's been robbed as we talked about the borders. And I talked about it from a biological immunological imperative that every living entity has a border and it is, and it is, it it is imperative that you defend it or else you will perish. And that's where we are now. What about the borders of your mind? How many have fallen prey to the idea that we need psychiatric medicine or drugs like selective serotonin reuptake inhibiting drugs in order to function in society? Now, this is not me denying that people have emotional and mental uh, disorders that can manifest behaviorally, but there is no objective biological chemical analysis or test or even ionizing radiation x-ray scan that can determine you need an SSRI. In other words, you're deficient in whatever Prozac, Paxil, and Zoloft is, what it has is it. And we know of the increased level of suicidal ideation and behavior and homicidal ideation and behavior when on those drugs, particularly when titrating up or down. And I'm not saying nobody on this planet has ever taken one of those things and said, hey, man, I'm so much better on it. I'm not arguing that, although I would say that when you tell me you've tried everything and you had to had to do this, and I ask you questions about diet, lifestyle, heavy metals, other exposures, on and on it goes, and you continue to say, nope, didn't try that, nope, didn't try that. Don't, don't tell me you've tried everything and you had to do that. You didn't know, maybe. And this is, again, not a condemnation of anybody who's taken those drugs or is on them. I'm just saying there is a thousand to a million different layers of things to consider and do that the allopathic profession will pretend doesn't exist or will actively argue against should you bring it up in terms of diet, lifestyle, other things that we could do to address mental, emotional issues and even spiritual issues associated with depression, including, you know, this is some of what I'm going to talk about a little bit at the uh, Your Health Freedom uh, event. With Jared St. Clair, uh, that's the 7th of October in West Jordan, Utah, coming up. So you can get tickets for that. And it's one of the upcoming events online. We'll talk more about that. But for right now, let's bring on our, our guest. And she's been waiting patiently for the first time, I believe, on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Kim uh, Witzak. And she's gone through a lot in her lifetime, including losing her husband when he was only, I think, 37 years of age. Uh, and she can tell you what happened and how it's related to the subject that I'm kind of bringing up right now. Her website is linked up uh, uh, in the notes at robertscottbell.com. Kim, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to have this conversation. Yes, and I appreciate you coming on and speaking out about it because although you can't bring your husband back, and I know you know that, uh, the fact is you've dedicated, sounds like, a lot of your life and energy and resources and time to make sure this doesn't happen again to other people. Yeah, that is that is true. It's um, I just celebrated his 20th year anniversary since his death. And so I've been doing this work for I like to call myself the accidental advocate because I did not choose to do this work. But sometimes, you know, our greatest life purposes choose us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that this has been my purpose, Uh, you know, taking what the tragedy that happened in our life and making sure that I did whatever I could to prevent it from happening to somebody else. So, you know, I, it started back in, in um, you know, August 6, 2003, I got a phone call from my dad that forever changed the trajectory of my life. 
I um, was out of town on business. I hadn't heard from my husband. Um, we'd been married for almost 10 years. Like we both lived, you know, we both had successful careers. Um, and we both traveled. We did not have kids yet, but we were talking about having kids. And um, Wood just started his dream job with a startup company. And um, so anyways, uh, I got a call from my dad who said, it's bad. And I'm like, what do you mean it's bad? And he's like, Woody's dead. I'm like, what? Woody's dead? So that's where I was like, what do you mean Woody's dead? And then I'll go back and tell you the story. Um, he was found hanging. Mm. And I go, and it made literally no sense. And Woody had just started his dream job with a startup company about um, a couple months prior, and he was having trouble sleeping. And so Woody went to his doctor um, in the end of June and was given, and, and Woody was a guy who, you know, trusted his doctor. He was, I always called him like the Humpty Dumpty, um, you know, where the doctors fixed him because he was an athlete. You know, they fixed his stitches, you know, um, fixed his knees. They could and do no wrong. Yeah, a lot of a lot of us grew up in an era where we just trusted doctors implicitly and didn't ask questions, didn't think to critically uh, ask beyond certain areas where they have expertise, like you described, versus where they mess with brain chemistry with drugs. Right. I don't think you know. I look back, and Woody was given because you know he went in because he wasn't able to sleep, and Wood's a guy who needed um, eight hours of sleep, and the doctor quickly gave him a, um, a prescription or sample pack actually, a three week sample pack of Zoloft and told him it would take the edge off and help him sleep. And sample pack that he came home with automatically doubled the dose after week one, right? And on top of it, I was it, I was in the busiest time of my um, in, in my work season, and I was out of the country. I was down in New Zealand on uh, an advertising shoot, so I wasn't even in <laughs> at home watching him on this drug. So, you know, he was on the drug the first three weeks um, without me being here, and when I and then I got home, and I'll never forget what I saw. Um, what he was this, you know, he, during this time, he's still running too. Cause he was, you know, he just was, you know, living his life, but he walked in our back door and he was completely drenched through his dress shirt and he fell to the floor with his hands around his head, like a vice. And he's like, Kim, you gotta help me. I don't know what's happening. My head's outside my body. And he's like bawling. He goes, I've been driving around all day crying. I was like, and I had never seen this beer ever. And so, you know, we calmed him down, we did breathing, and then he called his doctor and the doctor said, you got to give it four to six weeks for the drug to kick in. And clearly Woody was having an adverse event. Um, you know, it, the drug was not working, um, clearly. And every night the next week of his life, he came home and he'd be like, Kim, what do you think about hypnosis? I'm going to beat this feeling in my head. Then I was like, what do you think about acupuncture? Everything was beat this feeling in his head of being mm. detached from his body, right? Right. So the night that he was found, um, you know, obviously in a intuitively in every single part of my body, I knew that this made no sense. I'm like, this guy loved life. Like he would never just go like, um, take, and he left no note. And we both, like I said, we traveled and he always left notes. You know, we both left notes for each other. And so the biggest trip of his life, uh, he didn't leave a note, but here's what I do believe. And I, um, was kind of in some, you know, now spiritual kind of, you know, belief that I have 
the coroner called me that night when I was in um, out of town in Detroit and said, was Woody taking any medication? And the only medication he was taking was Zoloft. And it was sitting on the kitchen counter under a light. And, it's, and she said, we're going to take it with us. It might have something to do with his death. That was clue number one. And then also, ironically, that same day, um, the front page of our newspaper um, said the UK finds link between antidepressants and suicide in teens. And so both of that happened, you know, on the same, like the same day Woody was found. And um, that night, you know, I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get back to Minneapolis where I live. And my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, went home and, and Googled Zoloft and suicide and had no idea the history of this medication that the FDA had hearings in 1991 when it was just Prozac on the market. And it was about the emergence of violence and suicide with Prozac. And we had no idea. We never once questioned the drug. And, you know, it was advertised as safe and effective, again, safe and effective. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and it was given to him by his doctor who we trusted. And so it wasn't until we started to, you know, really look into this and it became pretty apparent that there's a, a history of, you know, issues with these antidepressants. So it became like our mission to get warnings put on these drugs. And um, so really that became, that's the impetus for everything. And I call it the, now I call it the battle for Woody, which is what we, you know, started going out to DC. We had to get on a plane, show up um, to really go talk with the FDA, um, Congress, members of Congress, our con you know, because at this point we were starting to help push to do an investigations which is like we should be doing now on um, the whole COVID jab. Right. That exactly. later. Um, but we did that. Um, I had, um, I had a big wrongful death lawsuit. So I was able to hold Pfizer accountable mm -hmm. and, um, and that was an entire process. But through that, we were able to get out documents that showed the FDA Pfizer and the other companies have long known. They've about known this. Yeah. The risk. So colluded against the health of the American people for profit. And, and you yeah. know, Pfizer has been t fined billions of dollars over the course of, of their existence. And uh, so many of these other companies now, they're the ones putting out the COVID jabs that we're supposed to just believe are, oh, yeah, those are great. They're awesome. Uh, how How is it that half the country just abandoned uh, critical thinking on the drug companies and their control and ownership, if you will, or capturing of our regulatory agencies? This is why, um, you know, my friend Jonathan Emord is beaten back the FDA world record eight times in court and found the FDA doesn't even listen to the courts mm -hmm. that there has to be something more done. That's why he's decided to run for the U S Senate in Virginia to push back and say, we've got to defang them. We've got to pull them out of the, the, the business of, of even approving these drugs because they clearly can't be trusted in this regard. And in the meantime, you know, our regulatory agencies and, and our uh, media, et cetera, go after people like me, homeopaths, herbalists, natural medicine docs who are not killing anybody. Right. Uh, you know, what is the real danger? The natural uh, phenomena of, of uh, you know, the plant medicinals that God created or that man, the men that synthesized and make them toxic. And then well, say, well, the only way to legitimately do. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, you know, it's not just about this, but this is a huge issue. We had, have you ever talked to Peter Bregan and his wife, Ginger? Yeah, I know, the, that. I know Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he, he was on this show. He told me he estimated a half a million people die every year to these drugs in various ways, not all just suicide, but, um, you know, again, the, the reality is it removes the governor on, you know, the, the activity of it. It isn't just the ideation. Now it's like you act on it where you would never act right. on it before. Well, I, what that's where I was going to say, Peter was one of the first books um, there was a book by Peter Bregan and by David Healy. Those were the first books that we um, bought so we could start learning and learning the history. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, shocking that we didn't know. And then, you know, as you start digging into this and you start seeing, you know, the I, the influence of, of, of money that is literally on the entire captives, it's captive um, captives the system, yeah. captivates yeah. the system, like, you know, they're doctors, you know, and so I call it um, selling sickness, you know, it's on mm-hmm. every aspect of our medical system. Like, I was shocked that doctors don't learn how the FDA works. I'm like, if they don't learn how it works, like, how can they, like, tell us how, you know, as a sure. patient, right? But then I start learning, I'm like, well, of course not, because they're getting monies that, um, you know, it's going to the academic institutions. It's called conflicts of interest and it's embedded in to that, uh, you know, so-called learning system of higher uh, education in in terms of medical school. I've gone back to the Flexner report in 1910 and described how that changed everything for the worse. Ultimately, Uh, it didn't make it better. Uh, I I imagine now that, you know, you've seen this and with your husband, it's been, as you said, 20 years uh, that, you've probably become suspicious even beforehand where a lot of people just woke up about the COVID injections. You might've probably thought, "Uh Oh, here we go again. I'm not going to trust this. Or did you fall prey to the fear porn? What was your experience? No, it's funny. Uh, so there's a couple things. Um, I've been through this, you know, the fear, you know, if, if something should happen, I mean, I'm in the business of advertising and marketing, right? That's my profession. I'm still in it. We are in the business of selling fear, selling hope. Like, I know how that system works. Um, I also, you know, when the whole, like, COVID, I don't have kids, so I never really, um, like, looked really into the vaccine piece of things, right? Like, all the other vaccines that we're now learning about. But this one was different because I was, like, starting with a couple things. That you were given these companies complete legal immunity. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, yeah. Pfizer, one of the most evil companies, and you're just like, oh, nope, you can. Do whatever I mean, you want. No, yeah, you nobody know, can yeah. come back on you to ha- harm you. You're okay. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, and, like you, you know, you know that. Like, why would you know? Just as a company, if you're not a, a real ethical on it, you know, up forward, like if you knew you weren't going to be responsible for liability, you know, you can make. You can, you know, um, make some shortcuts into things, right? But then I also looked at the clinical trials. And since when in a clinical trial do you allow the placebo group to actually be able to convert over and get the right. treatment? And, you know, and they're like, oh, this is for ethical reasons. We've got this big pandemic. And I thought, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't mean to be mean, but like, if you go into a clinical trial of any sort, Mm-hmm. That is part of the game, right? You eliminate the you control might group. Why not? Yeah, you cannot any more any longer learn about safety and or efficacy, and of course that becomes apparent when you realize there was no safety and there was no efficacy, and is right. not. And then so we go needed- back to these psychiatric and psychotropic drugs 
uh, from, uh, you know, the, the synthetic pharmaceutical world, pharmacia, root word meaning sorcery, uh, we are learning that we are better off using, like, say, plant medicinals, mushrooms even that are, are, are considered psychedelic to alter uh, certain things that they call brain chemistry and, and help people, you know, whether it's microdosing or otherwise, that there are so many other ways to go. And this is what one of my points. And of course, it doesn't necessarily relate to what happened to your husband as this guy just goes here, take these samples and run with them. Um, it wasn't like a guy on his last leg saying, I'm so depressed, please help me, doc. And you think I've tried everything. But the point is people that are being put on them are often in, in desperate straits and they don't know where to go, but they have not been counseled by doctors that haven't been trained in nutrition at all or the burden of heavy metals or any number of uh, you know issues of abuse in childhood that comes to light. Now you're depressed. and But all of that is like, no, 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 brain chemistry. Let's do the SSRIs. That's still going on. And, and there's so many other ways before you would have that as even a last, last, last resort. But then again, I want you to think about this, Kim. If, uh, let's say, a dietary mineral supplement or an herb or homeopathic had associated side effects known to be homicidal, suicidal ideation behavior, do you think it would be on the market one day more? No. Would they just go, hey, we'll just put a morning label on that supplement? No, it'd no be done it'd be and after, they would go after the people and put them in prison that put it out there. Right. What does that tell you about, again, our government being corrupted and captured by, interestingly, what I call the demon spawn of IG Farben? Because these were the breaking the breaking up of the pharmaceutical chemical conglomerates of World War II Nazi Germany that became Pfizer and other companies that are still visiting horrors on us today. It never it never stopped. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy when I look back to. And it's probably why I'm also still telling Woody's story. And, you know, I sit on um, today, I sit on that FDA advisory committee as a consumer representative on the psychopharmacologic drugs advisory committee, mm -hmm. the same one that in 1991, every one of the members took money from pharma. And they're the ones that said, no, we don't see any issue. Right. Yeah. So I sit on that um, on that committee today and I've been I have another six months to go and I'm sure they're like ready to get me off. Well, they can't um, wait to get rid of you. How, how yeah. do they put up with you all this time? <laughs> well, you know what? I think I, um, I in some ways I'm thinking they know they just kind of write me off like she's just going to be a um, safety. But I will always come safety first. Safety. And I heard you earlier when I was sitting in the waiting room talking about um, um, the cost of doing business, you know, and lawsuits and all of that. I mean, obviously the COVID jabs, that's a different story, but uh, because you can't sue them, but you know, all these drug companies, they have money. Like Woody was just considered the cost of doing business. Yes, correct. Yeah. You know, yeah. they know they have money set aside that they will be legal if you can actually go through the legal system. And right. You know, that was an entire um, learning as well, how our FDA actually intervened on behalf of Pfizer in my lawsuit by saying mm -hmm. that um, even if Pfizer wanted to warn, the FDA wouldn't let them because they're the ultimate control. And yeah. if you actually know where that preemption brief came from, it actually came from a guy named Dan Troy who got placed into the FDA and got $300,000 from Pfizer before he got put into that position. And at, during that time, there were all sorts of uh, suicide, Zoloft suicide cases. So he said, and my lawyers actually went to um, this defense 
council uh, meeting mm -hmm. where Dan Troy was there to present. And he said, make it a Hollywood pitch if you want the FDA to intervene in the lawsuits. And so a lot of these individual lawsuits the, against Pfizer actually got thrown out. Um, but my judge, the federal um, judge, saw right through it. Um, and Pfizer actually had the, the balls enough to try it twice. Mm -hmm. And I think that just pissed the judge off. And, um, but it was interesting. So we ultimately exposed where Dan Troy came from and uh, with Representative Hinchy out in New York. And he, you know, he left. Um, he ultimately resigned, and then he went and he was the global GSK chief counsel for GlaxoSmithKline. And so that was where I started to learn about like, oh, my God, like there's rotating doors. Like I've never heard of the revolving doors. Mm -hmm. And so there were all these things that in real time I learned. Yeah. And I'm like, this is why this stuff is super important because mm -hmm. you and I, you know, the everyday person um, obviously, I don't think you or I, but, you know, the other the unsuspecting public sure. who goes yeah. in and trusts. They're still vulnerable. You know, yeah. Trust. Believe it or not, through all of this, yeah. there's still many Americans that are vulnerable to this and uh, the belief system that they're brought up with because our government has been basically taken over, captured by these this industry. And they get right down into elementary school education to promote ideas that, you know, drugs and doctors have saved the world. And uh, it is a displaced and misplaced trust. Uh, it's a deification of doctors, right? We talk about that they're no longer humans fallible or capable of corruption, and we trust them blindly at our own peril. And uh, your husband did, unfortunately. And But God bless you for carrying on, you know, making uh, good that his his death is not in vain that you've helped many over the course of these 20 years. And, and I know you'll continue. You have the tenacity to do it. By the way, links are up to uh, Kim's website, Kim Witzak. It's spelled W-I-T-C-Z-A-K, kimwitzak.com. And uh, can people uh, uh, plug in and help you with your journey to do what you're doing or participate in some way? Absolutely. And I was also going to say, I just put out a substack. I have, and it's called acceptable collateral damage, but it has un in front of it, like unacceptable. Okay. Um, yeah. But this one I would actually love if people um, read because it's really about um, the, it's, it's a suicide um, awareness month. But what it is, is let's talk about the medications because people have no idea. And if you go down there, like we have to get the black box suicide warnings. And if you actually go into, um, you know, the FDA with these experts like Bregan and, and Dr. Healy, they were going to give them three minutes to present at the FDA advisory committees. And um, so we ended up hosting a uh, press conference the day before the hearings so that we could have the experts come and actually tell the media, tell the public what they were not going to see tomorrow at you know the next day at the hearing so right. i would this is really important because it's got all the history and to remind people like there's a the entire uh backstory about these drugs and you know i've and then when i hear like look we're all in the business of preventing suicides every single time i bring up medications you know these organizations that are supposedly working on behalf of the patient or the public, you know, the suicide support groups. If you actually go and look at who's funding them, 
it's the pharmaceutical companies. And so we call them AstroTurf patient groups. But you know, they don't want to, they don't want to look at the medications. And this is a funny story with CDC. Um, this was before the pandemic. I had not really, you know, most of my work's at the FDA, but I was um, got asked to be involved in this small working group looking at increase of suicides. Because, you know, it was rising back then and now it's even higher and we've got more of a global, you know, mental health crisis more than ever and the prescription rates are going up. But when I got, I said, I will be on this, but one of the things that we need to do is we need to make sure that we look at the, you know, the correlation or, you know, looking at the medications, like what are the prescription rates, you know, what, you know, let's chart them out. Never heard from them again as soon as I brought that up. Never. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. not, you know, I was pretty much not asked to be on the, the committee. You know, when I call our country the United States of drug America, I'm not really exaggerating. Our mm-hmm. state religion, in violation of that First Amendment, which says, you know, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, they have actually adopted the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. Yeah. This is, this is drugging everything that moves and injecting them if they can get away with it. Uh, we have become a nation of uh, drug consumers, drug addicts, drug dependents. Uh, and um, although well, I believe know. there is a place in acute trauma interventions for life-saving purposes to use a drug, uh, I have uh, precluded the need for that and mostly anything and everything for my kids who have never been uh, vaccinated nor have they ever once had to resort to an antibiotic, which means if it's possible for them now at 23 and 18 to get that far without it, that it is possible for others. But we've got to live differently. We can't yeah. look at every disease as a drug deficiency or an injection shot vaccine deficiency either. But we have been programmed by sorcerers that have degrees of the medical variety. And I mean, that might be harsh for some people to hear it, but your husband was lost due to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the things where I always say, you know, some of the like depression and anxiety, that's kind of like the way our bodies were like made and designed, that it means that something isn't right or you need to look at it like if there's something going on like are you happy or is there like something going on at home like these are our body's way of looking and Mm -hmm. and being curious right but if you get put on a lot of these medications they numb it right everything's numbed and so i remember working with um a filmmaker and he contacted me because he realized that his mom um, died and a week later his baby was born and he felt nothing. And that was the first time he was like, why? I feel nothing. I feel the same. And those are two totally different emotions. Eliminating human emotions through drugging. And so he went back and looked and he was like, why did I like, maybe it's my drug. Right. And so he started to go back and wondering why he was on Paxil. And he went back and he realized 10 years earlier, he broke up with his college girlfriend and he was sad and he's not even with that girl. Like that's not even yeah. his wife, but that's right. why he was on it for 10 years. Dragging like, every symptom and emotion out yes. of the human experience. And, you know, we've got to do a better job as parents, uh, as teachers, et cetera, to recognize that this is, what is it like to be a human being? 
And what is it like to not always be happy? It's like, that's not the normal state of humanity. Always be happy. There, there are emotions. Sometimes you feel sad. Sometimes you feel anxious. And helping people deal with and cope and understand why that happens. I, funny enough, I, I just went to get a haircut this morning, talking with the lady, uh, uh, cutting my hair, you know, young mother, uh, I think of two children at this point. We were just chatting. And somehow it gets on to the, hey, do you have kids? Uh, and I don't know. Oh, I remember she had some pain in her hand. So I, I mentioned Rust Tox, a homeopathic remedy for arthritis and things. And She's like, oh, that's fascinating. I never heard of any of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, then the subject of my kids, never been vaccinated, never had antibiotics. She's like, well, are they mad at you for never giving them drugs? She has a sincere question. It's like, how are they doing? And I said, well, look, we raised them on organic food. And so they, do, they, do they like that? Are they mad at you? It's like, no. I said, listen, your opportunity is to learn from the symptoms in your body. Like I wasn't given the opportunity because I was raised medically and pharmaceutically. And I said, when you eat, pay attention to how your body feels. What do you feel? It's telling you, is this good for you? Is this not? And I don't have, dad doesn't have to tell you what to eat. Your own body's smarter than dad and any doctor. She was like, oh, wow. I never heard that before. I mean, there are basic things to teach that our bodies are communicative tools not to be suppressed and destroyed and yelled and screamed at or poisoned out of, out of these symptoms. And even depression is telling us, as you said, something. What do we got to explore, including perhaps nutrient deficiencies. You might be deficient in copper and magnesium. Therefore, you can't produce ATP at the mitochondrial level and you are depressed because you've got no energy. But right. none of that is considered by the doctors and psychiatrists. Yeah, it's easier to throw a pill. And then you look at, yeah. you know, one of the things I, um, you know, where people, do they understand the screening form? So like, you know, our US, um, U.S. Task Preventative Services came out this year and recommended that everybody... 64 and under get screened for anxiety, number one. I was like, that's insane. Like and anxiety is just a normal part of life, right? That's insane. These and then are, the these other are drag one, nets. Drag nets to drug you. Yeah, it's crazy. And then the other one is if people understand, it's called the PHQ-9 form, which is the screening form that, you know, the regular doctors at the clinics will have you. And it's kind of in your paperwork when you get in and, you know, like, is this your insurance and, you know, whatever. And it's it's a questionnaire and says, in the last two weeks, have you felt sad? Have you felt less than worthy? Have you ate too much, drank too much? Or whatever the questions are. But it's in the last two weeks, right? But Nobody looks at the very bottom of it where it says a generous donation by Pfizer Inc. and three key opinion leader doctors that are doctors that have you know made big money from the pharmaceutical companies. And when you look at that PHQ-9, uh, that was actually created by Pfizer marketing guy who wanted to take depre their depression drug, Zoloft, out of the psychiatrist and bring it into the, you know, the general practitioners and the pediatricians mm -hmm. because there was a bigger business model, right? It's a bigger yeah. case. You know, this is psychiatrist, but then if you can capture everybody, you know, like a big um, screening, you know, that's, and that's what they do. So I tell people, uh, don't fill it out. You know, it says in my, right. you know, I have it on my record. I'm not going to fill it out. Like it's ridiculous. And you can push back and you yes. can say, nope, nope. Stop being a compliant fool, everybody. Right. You go into the, the, the airports now, they have these uh, facial recognition things. You like, you don't even look at the person, look in the screen, say, no, uh, -uh yeah. not doing it. And they go, okay. People don't know. They can say no. 
Good I Lord. think that's, that is yeah. the biggest thing that I have learned over, you know, this course of 20 years and for sure the last couple of years yeah. that we have to be the, we have to stand up and we can't be afraid of, you know, I think this natural com- complying uh, and, you know, I remember I was even, I had, I did have to have medical, uh, I had something which turned out to be because it was excess of using an Excedrin or Advil that tore right, my stomach, right? right? Using so the drug 20, caused you to have another problem, yeah. Yeah, it did. But anyways, I was there and the, um, and I, they were doing like an endoscope or whatever. And I kept mm-hmm. saying, you know, you know, I was asking all these questions like uh, nonstop on this doctor. And mm-hmm. he looked at me as if I was insulting him. Right. And he how said, dare you? Yeah. How dare I? Right. And yeah. he said, do you know how many of these I do every single week? And I looked at him and I was like, do you know, I have, do you know that you're putting that thing in my body and I've never had this done. So I can have the right to, I'm not questioning. Are you a good right. doctor? Push back. Say no. Push, Nancy, yeah. Nancy Reagan was half right when she said no to drugs, but, but you have to say yes to things like nutrition and listening right. to your body to be guided. Kim, I'm out of time here today, but I certainly appreciate all of your efforts on behalf of, of your husband. And he, he did not die in vain. God bless you for doing it. If I can help you in any way, please awesome. let me know. And we have your website linked up if those that want to participate further. But I appreciate so much what you're doing. As I said, if I can be of any assistance, just reach out. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Kim Witzak, uh, doing incredible work uh, under tragic circumstances, turning life and making it better based on what happens. And uh, we have our homeopathic hit of the day now, and I'm going to talk about the cure for everything, or at least the perceived cure for everything in this in this uh, homeopathic hit. Today's homeopathic hit is sulfur. Sulfur. Yes, you know of sulfur, that stinky yellow substance. It's very essential, sulfur, or sulfur-based organisms are on, on, on the planet. In fact, sulfur can help us in many ways. But as a homeopathic remedy, yes. Now, this segment, again, it's not to replace any of your doctors or whatever. It's about empowerment. It's about information and education. And this is known as the king of skin remedies in homeopathic medicine. It's, uh, it really is uh, uh, just a, funny enough, we're talking skin, a superficial introduction. Like all of these are, we're doing quick hits on homeopathy. But I want to give you insight so you're not overwhelmed or mystified by it. And you can go deeper if you want. Origin of sulfur. Non-metallic element, abundant in nature. In homeopathy, it's prepared from the sublimed sulfur and is potentized to create the therapeutic remedy known as sulfur. So if you read its description in the Materia Medica, you'll think it's the cure for everything. It's the remedy for everything, but it's not. I'm just saying, you will think it. If you read it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's good for that. It's good for that. It's good for that. But it isn't good for everything. In fact, uh, Samuel Hahnemann, who founded homeopathy, he modified its use for, for a lot of people later in his years as he was among the high society of Paris. And, you know, the thing is, when you read this, for those of you who maybe just read, because you can download this PDF for free, Superdon's making it for free. Uh, it, it's amazing what you'll learn. But uh, some of the stuff you will not learn in this little intro, because I'll talk about some things like I'm talking about now, because Hahnemann in his latter years went to Paris. He married a young French noblewoman and began to see the high society, the chronically ill, due to wrong lifestyle. They were eating excess protein for their levels of, of, of activity. They were drinking wine. They were eating refined sugars for the first time in history in massive amounts and they were they were chronically ill different from the peasants of germany i'm going to get into that more in just a second but physical characteristics include use for a lot of skin conditions like eczema psoriasis and acne 
also effective in some cases for digestive issues and various chronic ailments. When we have a mental picture of this sulfur remedy, individuals may be intellectual, but somewhat disorganized, often neglecting their physical appearance. These are just some indications. You can go to the Materia Medica. It's much more uh, comprehensive than that. Primarily thought of as the skin remedy of all skin remedies, effective for a wide range of these issues, including eczema, psoriasis, and acne. It acts like, in my opinion, a centrifuge assisting the body and spinning things out of the body. It's like your, your primary detoxifying homeopathic remedy. But if you use it today for skin conditions, you'll often get little to no results. This is not in this document, but I will tell you clinically that people will be disappointed thinking, oh my gosh, I tried that sulfur remedy, Robert, you talked about it. It didn't help me at all with my skin conditions. Why? Now I'm going to get to that in a moment. It's also indicated sometimes for digestive issues, conditions like indigestion, flatulence, constipation, also chronic ailments, beneficial for lingering conditions that have not responded well to other treatments. Now, as we go down further into the document, Superdontal, scroll down so you can see it. If you're watching along with us when we're live, um, talking about potencies for acute versus chronic. Um, if you have questions about that, consult a homeopath or send me a message. That's fine. The complementary remedies is where I want to go to here to explain what I'm, why I'm saying it's not the remedy for everything, even though it seems to be. Calcarea carbonica is often a, a remedy that can be used in conjunction with sulfur for lingering skin conditions and chronic ailments. Pulsatilla sometimes comes up as a complementary remedy for digestive issues, especially when symptoms are changing. But the remedy I threw in there for you to consider is one we've covered, my favorite, Bryonia alba. And you might not see it referenced in the Materia Medica as one to look for relative to, to sulfur. Why? Because at the time of the writing of the Materia Medica and, and earlier years of Hahnemann, they didn't know of the disastrous change in the environment due to man's penchant for synthesizing, intoxicating, and polluting our world. And we need more help for our liver than sulfur gives. And so as a liver polycrest, Bryonia alba can help sulfur's positive impact on skin detoxification. So if Bryonia, let me just say it this way, if sulfur is not working for you, take a dose of Bryonia first and follow up with sulfur. And you might find it works at the skin level that you thought it would as well. And just as an aside, Samuel Hahnemann, Dr. Hahnemann himself, began to prescribe sulfur to almost everybody that came to him in the latter years when he was in Paris because they all suffered from a, a, a similar wrong lifestyle. And he was trying to centrifuge, in a sense, out the garbage, the toxins, the poisons, and it was helping patients. And that was a big no-no if you know of early Hanumanian, uh, you know, when you go into the organon and really deep level homeopathy. You never gave one remedy, the same remedy to everybody. But he began to see benefits because they were different. They were chronically ill due to wrong lifestyle, wrong diet, etc., as opposed to the German peasants who were healthy, vital farmers eating the food as it was grown. And back then, it was all just food. You didn't have to call it organic. So that's a fascinating aside that you won't see in that document for those that think, all I need to do is download that. I'll know everything about it. That's not enough. Now go back just as we wrap up this document and this homeopathic kit, and then we'll pause and go into the bonus round if you have questions or comments. Well, sulfur generally considered safe. Remember, avoid self-prescribing for chronic or severe conditions. Please consult those that can help you. Concluding, sulfur, versatile homeopathic remedy. Yes, particularly historically effective for skin conditions and other chronic ailments. Please stay plugged into the Robert Scott Bell Show. Each and every day we attempt to do a homeopathic hit. Remember, all the homeopathic hits are happening on the Robert Scott Bell Show where I remind you that the power to heal is yours.
All right, we're back. Bonus round time. I, I don't think we went a little over, actually, maybe a little bit, but it wasn't bad because we started just a hair late getting ready for uh, Jonathan E. Mord's, uh call from uh, the border. We couldn't get him back on. I don't know, Super Don, did you get any more videos from uh, Jonathan while we were doing the second hour of the show? I'm working on it as we speak. Here. Okay, so, so you eventually I just need, I just need a couple minutes here. Uh, don't help. worry. No worries. Yeah. Uh, so, again, the homeopathic hits, are, are they are fun for me. I acknowledge it now. I mean, I, were, I went in reluctantly. Super Don said, you know, we should do this. And I'm like, really? They don't want to know about homeopathy. <laughs> Apparently you do. And uh, it appears to be you're enjoying it. So thank you for uh, sharing that information with others, empowering them, but also please do consider supporting us at the very least by sharing the show with others and even more if you can, uh, even if it's as little as five bucks a month through Patreon, you can support us to be able to stay up on top of the things and outreach even better as we go uh, and uh, appreciate that consideration. A week from, well, let's say a week from last Monday, I think it's the 25th of September coming up. Uh, we've got our next AMA. That's an Ask Me Anything. And that's on Zoom. So we get to see one another. And these are fun. These are so much fun. You want to be part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family, the RSB family. Leslie knows she hosted the RSB family union. Next year, she's planning to host the RSB family reunion. And uh, you'll see how much uh, we appreciate one another and help one another. It isn't just me or Super Don. It's all y'all. And it's fun to connect and, and help each other out. So that's coming up. And that'll be 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Monday, the 25th of September. We also have some other upcoming events. They're in the upcoming events tab at robertscatbell.com. Next weekend, I'll see you guys in Houston. Those of you who have signed on because it's already sold out with the 10-year anniversary celebration of Healing Strong. Also, the following weekend, uh, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, the Pittsburgh event, the professional training event with our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. And uh, they have got a great, great weekend planned for you. Healthcare providers, I don't know. There might be a few seats left. Check it out. Click on the banner at the upcoming events tab. I'll also be speaking at the 8th Annual Your Health Freedom Gala and Symposium in West Jordan, Utah, along with Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Merrill Nass, and others, and also my friend Jared St. Clair, who hosted a very special fundraising event for Jonathan E. Mort at his store, Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, the other day. It was great. Uh, but the October 6th and 7th event, I hope to see you at the symposium. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, then the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. There's a Trinity Live event, the 12th and 13th, for healthcare providers and Trinity graduates and students. And then there's the Health Freedom Expo. We now have confirmation that Dr. Brian Aris will be conducting a special workshop Saturday and speaking on Sunday. I'll be speaking there. I'll be exhibiting and broadcasting. I'll be moderating panels. Paul Baratero is going to be there with Echo Water. So we'll have all kinds of good stuff. We'll be pouring silver shots, copper shots. We'll have Cardio Miracle. And that's trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com call 888-658-3976 if you want more information right now we're scheduled also for patriots united the great northwest awakening that's patriotsunitedwa.com and it's just over the border from portland oregon into washington and that's a saturday event october 21st uh we've got a nice new uh banner or, or poster presentation of the functional medicine summit and expo with uh, um Doctors Terry and Stu Warner are putting that on. Looks like uh, I've got Dr. Henry Ely on there, and he's a force to be reckoned with. We love Dr. Henry Ely. And uh, Dr. James Thorpe, Judy Mikovits, Jack Wolfson, Dr. Brian Artis, David Brownstein, John Witcher. Man, it's an amazing thing. Dr. Urso as well. So that's coming up the 3rd through 5th of November, just following the F7 Film Festival. And then we're already into 2024 with the Autism Health Summit. So there you go, upcoming events. And we'll keep adding and subtracting as we make our way through the calendar each and every day, week, or month. Thank you, Super Don.
You're welcome. Yes. Um, I have got the video now ready if we want to see. This is uh, just, I guess, maybe, I mean, not that terribly long ago. Uh, Jonathan, you more down the border mm -hmm. there, uh, San Diego border to Mexico. Yeah. And when I called him back to try and get him back on the phone, he had just run into a, 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 an opportunity okay. to shoot a video and there was a, a person on the other side of the fence. Okay. Uh, that I think he may he said maybe it was from Ecuador or something like that that uh, they were going to do a quick interview with. Okay. Um, and so let me see if I can bring this up now. This video, I just what I did was I just put both pieces together, so okay. it's just one video. Mm -hmm. I think it's like two or three minutes long. But let's um, let's take a look. Let's take a look here. Uh, Within the last hour, this happened. Yes, yes. Just happened a few minutes ago. Here we go. So here we are along the border wall, and these are tents that are put up against the border wall, and the illegal immigrants uh, stay in these tents until they can come through without help of Customs Border Patrol and come into the country. And so they are all lined up here in these tents, as you can see, and as part of a human tragedy. I mean, this is not clean. This is not safe. Uh, this is exposed to the elements, and these people are, are obviously people who are suffering. And this is they've recently been moved by CPB in uh, buses that then bring them into the interior for processing, and then they're sent uh, even farther into the country, and they're given financial support and so forth. So there's a huge incentive that the administration is creating to cause illegal immigrants to come into this country. But boy, oh boy, I'm telling you, that is at the huge expense, not only of our own country, because we're not vetting these people, we don't know whether they're criminals or not, but what we're also doing is seeing that these people are suffering along the way because it is the cartels that are determining who's coming into the country, not the uh, United States government. As a result, they're taking advantage of these people on the way over. Okay, he wanted to talk to you. Yes, so you're from Ecuador? Ecuador. Yeah, Ecuador. And why, why do you want to come to the United States? The violence. So you're seeking asylum. Why, why didn't you seek asylum through the United States Embassy in your own country? Porque no trámite burocrático no nos da oportunidades ni empleo para hacer un trámite de ese tipo. Uh, so, wh where do you intend to go in the United States? So, New York, which is now deluged with illegal aliens, will soon have another. But, well, we wish you personally well. Uh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Just fascinating what's happening there, you know. Yeah. And it's again, it's a human tragedy. 
uh, because there's no order at all. And, and yes, there's granted, there are some disastrous circumstances in various countries around the world, including Central and South America. And there are legitimate reasons that someone would seek asylum. Right. Uh, but to uh, to come here and uh, expect every U.S. taxpayer to take care of well, you. And uh, listen, I mean, I, I always try and look at things from different perspectives, right? Sure. If I were in a, uh, a country that was, uh, for whatever reason, whether it was crime or political uh, persecution, um, you know, if I had a family that, you know, was not able to survive um, and there was an opportunity for something better, would I would I seek that opportunity? Of course. I sure. mean, I, I think anybody would. You know, there's... Did you see Jonathan? I mean, he wishes him personally well. I mean, the yeah. thing is, there's no animosity or hatred from no, Jonathan. No, no, no. I mean, look, it is here. a humanitarian thing. Yeah. But, I mean, if you have no, if there's no rule of law. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, it it's society, and if you you try and get rid of that rule of law under the guise of humanitarianism, that you know, there's a, there's a huge uh, uh, flaw in logic there. Um, mm. And you know, it's, it, we were talking about this actually before the show. I, yeah, you and I have a tendency to be, be more animated. Yeah. Uh, uh, pre-show yeah. than we are when we're actually on the air. It's just, you know, we're on the air now, so we have we to be a certain down. way. We don't want to frighten anybody. I think it would be fun to record our, our interactions before the show. And, yes. and, you know, because I think people get a kick out of that. But as I was, you know, I was watching Fox News because Fox News has been covering this situation in Eagle Pass, mm -hmm. Texas, uh, for days now, ever since it started. Um, and... When I see people trying to come up with, well, here's the solution. Here's how I'd fix the problem. You know, I look at it and I just go, man, you know, this is another one of those problems where we have millions and millions and millions of these people in the country at this point because of a lack of effective policy, right? I, yeah. I mean, I hate to sound like a politician, but, you know, in other words, they're not doing the right thing down there at the border and keeping the people out or, or forcing them to do it the right way. Uh, it's, it's been so long a problem and there's been just people coming across the border that they're all, they're all here now. You know mm -hmm. I mean? The, the, the people that are coming over now, that's exacerbating the situation. Right. But the situation exists and they're all here. And so it's like, what do you do at this point? It, it's already here. It, it reminds me the analogy I would use is when we have conversations about like the, the, the deficit, Right. You know, mm -hmm. trillions of we hit a. Uh, I think we hit a record. Thirty-three trillion. Thirty-three trillion the other day, yeah. right? There is no way in the world that we are ever going to be able to pay that off. It's not going to happen. It's just math. There's no way. There's no amount of cutting of of you know, expenditures and things mm -hmm. of that nature that is going to have us pay off thirty-three trillion dollars in in any real way. I mean, you yeah. could you can crunch numbers and say this is how it could happen. But it's unrealistic. Those things would never be able to take place because we could we wouldn't be able to survive as a country if if you did what really needed to be done, right? And and a lot of these well, these these and a lot of these agencies and things mm -hmm. where people say, oh, we'll just get rid of that. We'll get yeah. rid of like Ron Paul was talking about. Yeah, you know, yeah, that looks great on numbers on paper, but there's no way that's going to happen. Everything well, is here's, so. Here's the irony of what you say there is that inevitably, and this is what Ron Paul says: if we don't wind it down and eliminate it. It's going to be a, a coming down as a crash yeah, that nobody yeah. has control over. And Absolutely. then, yes, a disaster that you had an opportunity to maybe manage a little bit 
becomes impossible. And now you have the ultimate disaster. It's like a cancer, right? Yeah. That metastasizes mm -hmm. throughout all of the agencies and everything, all the parts of government. Everything is all like, like it's just, it's all there. The problem is there and everything is so connected mm -hmm. and, and infected, right? By, by, the, by the disease uh, that, that is causing the problem that you can't just, you can't just like surgically remove it. You know, it's just, yeah. it's, and, and when I look at this situation with the immigration, it's, what do you do? You're just going to yeah. be all, you're going to go through uh, the entire country now where you've got people that have been doing this for decades. Now you've got kids mm -hmm. that have been born here, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the parents came here decades ago and they're here and they're a part of society and they're, you know, they're, you can't just say, okay, well, everybody that, that, that came here illegally and all of their children back to Mexico. I, I, there's no way. You can't just take that and just take it. And, well, remember what Reagan was convinced to do back in the day was provide amnesty on the condition right. that they were going to go, all right, now we're going to get under this under control. Of course, they never did the, the back They never end. did it. And they're and, never going to do it. And here's another story yeah. we didn't get to cover because Jonathan was doing the Mex you know, the, on the Mexican border today, but uh, constitutional confusion. Does that study find survey reveals Americans woefully uninformed about their own rights. And you've got people coming from other countries that were communist, socialist, even so-called democracies, which were not a pure democracy. They have no idea about rights. And so they come in and they fall prey to whatever the government tells them because they've been in authoritarianism their entire life. And they might be wanting to break free of it, but they might not understand the depths at which they have the authority themselves. And so we already have, I don't know what the significant number here is in this in this article about the study, but uh, let's see. Um, uh, significant number of Americans can't even name three branches of government. Well, why? Because all three branches have been <laughs> well, combined. Let's break it down. One. Yeah, but let's yeah. break it. I mean, this is just education no. too. I yeah. mean, we 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 had to know this stuff when we were in school, right? Yeah. Uh, annual poll released every Constitution Day. Yeah. Found that a significant number of Americans can't even name three branches of the government. More specifically. While two thirds of Americans can name the three branches, ten percent can't can only list two. Another seven percent can only name one, and seventeen percent can't name a single branch. So, how many of these uh, so-called illegals coming over can name any branches or know anything about this? Well, it depends. Are the illegals, right. probably none. That's what I'm saying. Now, it's like the people no that vetting. came through the way that they were supposed to. Yeah. And took the, you know, they got the took education the about stuff like that. They probably yeah. know more than most Americans do. Correct. Correct. That is true. If you come through legally and you get that oath, then you become an American. You're actually going to learn more than many Americans know today. Yeah. But those that are coming through don't know. It's just the whims of what they can get for free. And that's, you know, the government is apparently giving them three grand just to, just to come in here. And here you go. What next? And you know, as Jonathan brought up, the so-called, um, well, the market for, for workers becomes untenable because who can work for the amount of money, even so-called minimum wage, is not a livable wage. Now, this is not me saying the government should set the livable wage, but I will tell you that it's the government policies that make the wages unlivable because they are destroying the so-called dollar, which is not a dollar, it's a Federal Reserve note. Therefore, we have to do better. We have to find ways to interact economically. That's why, you know, I talk about gold backs or other means of exchange that are not subject to the same depreciation associated with printing things out of thin air or digitizing them via computers. And so that's another aspect of the, you know, 33 trillion. It's a fictitious debt that you can't even question according to one of the uh, amendments to the Constitution. But 
uh, you know, it's an absolute disaster. And to the point of what you said about unrealistic to just close wholesale, all these departments that don't exist constitutionally, if we don't wind them down in an orderly fashion, the inevitability will be the thing that you, you know, that you have to deal (laughs) with its collapse. And I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer, uh, but I just don't see that's not going to happen. That's the collapse, gonna, this, the, the collapse. Yes, I think that's it's what inevitable. I'm saying. Is like if but you I'm just, don't, you're saying, well, if we don't wind these things out, you're right. Well, we're not going to. So I, I just, it's just. So you're it, saying the collapse is inevitable, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to easily argue against that. I can't. It's unfortunate, I like but to. I believe so. But I would like to argue against, I would like to say, we'll come to our senses and go, we have to now take responsibility for our life and health, et cetera. And we need to wind down those things, those well, institutions that we've become. Actually, so reliant yeah, upon. Here, here, here's an alternative to that. And it's yeah. probably even worse than a collapse. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because if there's one thing the government has, has proven itself to be really good at is, is keeping the plate spinning. Yeah. Right. That's my wife. Hold on a second. Hello, wife. Hello, honey. What can I help you with? We're on the air. It's bonus round. Hope everything's okay. So, uh, yeah, when we're talking about the the spinning of the plates, Super Don just mentioned, you can only spin the plates until you're absolutely exhausted. Now, it's gone on far beyond my comprehension for how it keeps going on, the illusion, except that there's the quote-unquote collective belief. That is, the belief of everybody in this reality that power of belief multiplied gives power, if you will, and energy to the illusion to continue far beyond what we would consider the laws of physics or gravity. Yet eventually, as people see that it is held up simply because we believe it to be real and not that it is substantially propped up by anything of, of solid foundation, that eventually the plates will fall down and crack. That's what we're talking about. Okay. In, in a so collapse. so no. um, here, here's here's my thought on this. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think. Okay. Like I said, we've we we're really good as a as a comp, as a country to keep the you know just you know bailing out and robbing Peter to pay Paul you know and somehow like managing to you know keep things going and stuff like this, but you know eventually, um, if things keep moving the direction that they are with you know it, it seems like every generation that comes up. Mm-hmm. They're just a little bit more okay with moving towards, you know, kind of a socialism kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I, I could see that if things continue to go downhill, and this is terrible to even like contemplate, but, uh, you know, maybe we would see an evolution of the, the, the form of government that we have now to something that it, instead of just collapsing, it yeah. would evolve into something more of a socialist, communist type of uh, Well, that's thing, the desire right? of the globalist, as we right. know. That's the desire of many of the people in the Democrat Party today. Not all, but many of them. The majority of them, and even some Republicans wouldn't mind that. So uh, it is one of the paths forward is not, uh, what would I say, a healthy path forward, a vital path that we would like, because it in- involves the enslavement of humanity through a failed ideology of collectivism. If you want to go down there, I mean, you know, how many countries on this planet have tried it and failed? Now, um, you can point to certain countries, even, you know, whether it be Canada or European democracies that have single payer uh, health care. But the reason they've been able to do that is because the United States and its citizens 
have ponied up through the Federal Reserve monetary system and paid for the defense of Europe. Now, I'm not advocating for militarism and and empire. We have become that, unfortunately. And I think that uh, to some degree that that so-called world order uh, has been argued by some, you know, many Americans is like, well, it's better than if the Soviet Union had it. Well, I agree. At the same time, we bear the burden of that debt now, as all other empires before us have, like the United Kingdom. And they, they were the largest empire before we took them on. And then, you know, various times, Spain, France, and other countries around the world took, took that on. But the inevitable demise and decline of these countries that try to rule the world, is it's not sustainable. The adrenals of any nation cannot sustain it. Now, they've tried to and gone well beyond anything because of the Federal Reserve system and fiat money and, and fractional or no reserve banking. That has made it possible. But the so-called laws of gravity or physics eventually come back to, you know, to, to ground or to earth. And even the collective belief of billions of people can't hold it together forever. And so, Super Don, I still advocate for what Jonathan E. Moore would attempt to do in the U.S. Senate. Not saying that one man can do it all, but we got to keep trying. I mean, it's yeah. not like we just give up. No, we're not going to go, give well, up. Screw it. Right. You know, it's like, exactly. why even bother? Um, exactly. I can see why some people might get, you know, uh, discouraged. Right. Sure. When you look at the situation, which internally, yeah, I am discouraged. I'll be honest yeah. with you. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to, that I'm just going to shut my mouth and go watch Game of Thrones, you know, or something, <laughs> right. uh, which I am watching over again. I needed okay. something to watch. Yeah. Good show. Good movie right. or series. Right. Anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just, I, I am afraid. I'm afraid for, I don't know when I don't think it's, I don't think something like a collapse is going to happen in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. My kid's lifetime, maybe yeah. my grandkids. I, you know, it's like, I am, I'm, I'm afraid for them sure. on what, you know, what they would end up having to go through once the, the chickens, mm-hmm. uh, come home to roost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey Tammy, thanks for that. Shout out on the cell wall analogy. I've done that for many years and, much to the chagrin of of me and others, they, they just kind of yell, oh, you, you just hate foreigners, you're xenophobe. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm describing biological reality yeah. and how that manifests upward because the laws well, that uh, the, that govern reduce, the universe are immutable. Take you know? take that that analogy, right, you know, mm-hmm. and, and apply that, you know, you look at, at the, and we, we mentioned this, yeah. how, how many how many of these uh, Congress people that are just like, oh, Free amnesty, open free borders, amnesty. Open yeah. Borders. How many, how many of those people walls? would invite those people into their house? How many? Of or how many people walls? would leave their front door unlocked and just let people walk in if they yeah. needed something to eat or they wanted a place to stay? Exactly. None of them. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. There's got to be you know something reasonable, a reasonable yeah. solution here. But the problem is, is back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. We 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 haven't done anything for so long that the problem has become so unmanageable, right? That the solution is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. It's not at this point. It gets harder. In other words, this is the same thing in terms of cancer, as you point out. If you have it and find it and eliminate it right at the beginning or when it's, you know, years before it's managed, yeah, you can change rather easily. If you wait until it metastasizes your whole body, now you're fighting for your life. Yeah. And, you know, that's it's, a, it's an apt analogy in terms of where we are as a country uh, that uh, is it impossible? No, I've seen miraculous healings occur even when, if there's breath, there's sort of light, there's life, but it's not as easy for sure. It's a lot harder. Oh my gosh. Michael Bolden finally made it from the 10th amendment center. At least a little of the bonus round. Michael, you missed my revisiting of the cell wall membrane analogy in terms of uh, open borders and the law of nations. Somebody new liked it though. So yay, yay. 
Anyway, uh, so, Jonathan Eboard's down there at the at the border near San Diego reporting, and we played some video clips of what he's seeing down yep. there. And, you have to go oh, back, go yeah. back and look. Uh, I want to give a shout out to. We've had quite a few people uh, engaging over on Rumble today, mm-hmm. which is nice to see. We got uh, Alice McGee forty four. Okay, good old Cetro Spotlight. Who, uh, and Marge. Hey Marge. Uh, we're there, and Gabby Rios fifty nine. And Green Mountain Girl. Green Mountain Girl. Green Mountain Girl. Does she have some Green Mountain coffee? Yeah. She might be Green Smoothie Girl's uh, uh, cousin (laughs) or something, right? (laughs) Yeah. So everybody talking about stuff over there. We appreciate you guys. Yes. Thank you Um, for being here. Thank you for sharing the show. And do consider becoming patron supporters and join us on the next Zoom AMA, Monday the 25th of September. It'll be 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, U.S. time little video that i saw on twitter earlier uh mm-hmm. that apparently you know Zelensky uh has been making around he was at the un i think mm-hmm. uh that something was that was it was that in new york where yeah. was that where they were having it right typically so yeah. that makes sense so uh you know new york times square yeah. they got the big billboards right mm-hmm. and uh somebody's you know they wanted to welcome uh, uh Zelensky to to new york mm-hmm. and show their support for the ukraine and so right. they, they bought this big billboard and uh i mean look at the message i mean this is a very positive message here that ended up being on that board for Zelensky there glory to urine to urine glory to urine so was that a typo <laughs> apparently uh, what happened was that there was some kind of like, they called it like intelligent technology. I think it had to do with AI, some kind of yeah. AI thing that somebody was using when they put this together. Right. And the AI thought that Ukraine was a typo. And so what it did was it looked at the thing and associated the color yellow oh, and corrected right. it to urine. It was supposed <laughs> to say glory to Ukraine. I was thinking but maybe Ed Group got a hold of that. I, I thing. was wondering if maybe it was uh, yeah, a little urine therapy uh, <laughs> promotion hilarious. there uh, on, on the billboard. Glory to urine. Wow. Go. All right. Good good catch there. Good catch there. Um, I, I just want to uh, mention, have you seen the attacks on um, uh, Rusty Rockets? Uh, what's it? He's um, um, Russell Bl- Brand? Russell Brand, yes. Yeah. I have. Who Who is... Uh, Become very outspoken. He used to be, you know, kind of a typical liberal in his in his diatribes over the years as a comedian and actor. Yeah. I've enjoyed his work. He's very funny. He he admittedly came through a lot of addictions, drug addiction, sex addiction, et cetera, and has, you know, been very forthright and open about it and probably written about it extensively. But, you know, more lately he's been talking about he went on Bill Maher's show and talked about, you know, the the COVID injections and what how the conflicts of interest played themselves out and all of that. And he's recently come under attack. Supposedly some women have come forward and said he did this and he did that, you know, whether it be sexual assault or rape and things. And I'm like, to me, it's highly suspicious of how do we shut this guy up because he's got a lot of reach and he's not your traditional, typical where we can dismiss him as a uh, a fanatical Trump supporter, right? He's not that. Uh, So uh, the attack machinery has come out now. I don't have definitive knowledge one way or the other. I'm just telling you I'm suspicious about these attacks coming up all these years later uh, that there are attempts to, to quiet this guy that's having an, a significant impact 
among people that have traditionally followed the leftist, uh, uh, you know, mantras without hesit without question at all. Uh, so mm -hmm. I am suspicious of these accusations. I'll just say it honestly, not to say that I know definitively, but I, I think this is a really weird timing. Ten years later, it coming out now. Okay. What do you think my opinion is? Wait and see. Yeah, pretty much. Of course. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying definitively. I'm just saying. Yeah. So, I mean, here's the thing. Here, here, here's the thing. And I've seen a lot of people just, you know, the, the, the immediate reaction was it's it's a conspiracy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that, that the people are trying to shut him up. Could be. But, you know, at the same time, the jury's out for me because – uh, if you know anything about his past, right, which is um, it's suspect, but he's been uh, candid about it. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that what he's been doing ever since he got clean and he mm -hmm. got past that, which he deserves all the credit in the world for doing that, because that is an extremely hard. He's a success story, as far as as you know where he was and where he's come from. Sure, um, and does and and he's done great things. I mean, the, the his show. Is, has been one of the I, he, I put him right up there with like Joe Rogan, okay, yeah. on what he's been able to talk about, expose, and bring out to the the general public that that nobody else has been able to do. Yeah, in a different. Yeah, I, way. I love listening to the guy. Reaching he's super intelligent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. all of that aside, he's got a really sorted past. I mean, sure. he really no, does. And I acknowledge and, and, that too. And with that said, yeah, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that these things are true, but. Mm -hmm. They could be, you yeah. know, if, if it were just somebody, the Joe Blow or whatever like that and stuff like that. But, you know, we're talking about a guy that had serious alcohol, drug mm -hmm. thing, somebody that was not only promiscuous, but out uh, outwardly, admittedly sure. wore it like a badge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his his um, his his uh, how would I describe it uh, in a family friendly way? Yeah. You know, let's just say that he, you know, he had no problem with with being. Um, uh, with adult uh, behavior, mm -hmm. uh, which which most people would probably look at as deviant, sure. but so in any case, could these things have happened? Listen, when you get involved with drugs and alcohol, and you get in with the wrong crowd, and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you you do stupid stuff. You just mm -hmm. do, okay. And at the level that he was at, uh, yeah, stupid stuff. I think was happening all around. So could these things have happened? I think they very well could have. So, you know, the jury's out for me. doesn't mean yeah, that. It, you know. it, I don't know the answer to that. I find it, again, the timing strange uh, based on the traction he's gaining and, and eh, the popularity he's maybe. gaining that is disrupting the narrative for those that typically followed on the political left in this case. But he's yeah. also, of course, made inroads and friends on the political right that he, you know, used to consider enemies. So he's, I think he's a critical thinker. Uh, and he's come through a lot, and you learn a lot by coming through a lot and experiencing a lot. But again, I don't know the definitive answer. Of, it's all the and you know. Here's the other thing. Let's just, say, yeah. let's say that in in that crazy past that he had, mm -hmm. that he he made some mistakes, he did some bad stuff. Um, that does not mean that the person he is today is is somehow not real. You know. Sure. Sure. Um, and you still have to account for behaviors and, and actions you absolutely. if they are indeed happening. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So let's see. We got um, uh, Tammy. Prevention is better than cure. That was always hammered into us. We'll have to come back for catch up. Only new on here. Normally catch up on another platform due to time differences. 
How is the mother of RSB keeping well, I hope? Thank you, Tammy, for asking. Mom's doing great compared to where she was. You've probably heard she, you know, suffered through the COVID years. Again, unknown what was going on, really. We suspect things, but really only started coming back big time when she got on the folium. It's just, you know, the way it is. Foliumpx.com. She got on that in two weeks. Her energy came back. She was sleeping better. She was out dancing again. And uh, her voice, everything, you can hear the life force come back to her. So thank you for asking, Tammy. She's doing a lot better. We'll get mom on here for an update sometime soon, too. So anyway. Green Mountain Girl, about going back to the Russell Brand thing, says what's crazy is that it hasn't even gone to charges. It's allegations as of now. Right. Yet he's been deplatformed and demonetized already. It's the court of public opinion. 100% true. Well, the U.K. government yeah. has reached out to various uh, media platforms and said, you need to pull him off. And it's like there was – listen, it's hard not yeah. to look at what at, at the media response to that situation in the U.K. because it was, it was so coordinated. It, I mean, it really came across that way. Right. It yes. was everything. But at the same time, I – you know – I don't live in the UK, but at least observationally, yeah, uh, their media has a tendency to do that. <laughs> Not that ours is, is isn't a lot the same way, but you know the allegations come out. Everybody's got to be on top of the story and go after them, and it's like you know blood in the water, right? Mm -hmm. Um, again, I like the guy. I really, really like the guy. It's not mm -hmm. like I have an issue with him, but it, yeah. you know, when you when you if you play, you pay sometimes, you know, and. He's, he had a crazy past. He really did. And he's written books on it. You know, it's not like he's hidden it. No. He, he's, he's put a, it all out there for everybody yeah. to, to know and, you know, about what's going on. And so I, I hope it ends well because he's a really great guy. Yeah. And I'd hate to see him silenced because mm -hmm. the stuff that he's putting out there is really good and it's important and it's truth, you know? Yeah. And he's, well, but he's I got enemies. He's got that. enemies and I, they're going to take advantage. I, yeah. I, I find it, again, very concerning about the timing i don't know definitively but i think we're on the same page on that you know wait and see too but i am suspicious i'll just say it. i am based on where we're at we've borne the brunt of it over over the years of deplatforming because of the, our positions that we hold our beliefs etc and I, I you know listen give the guy his day whether it's in court or otherwise rather than just you know canceling somebody because of these allegations at this point so, all right. Anything else before we wrap up? Are you feeling like you were, we're uh, two and a half hours into this show? And I'm like, because we did that thing on Monday for three hours and 20 minutes, it feels like I've gained new muscles. Like here I'm doing stand up media <laughs> two and a half hours in. I'm like, dude, I'm usually hey, I look, look, it's not that we can't do three hours. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot to, to yeah. put together two hours. So putting to get th a third hour right now, we're just shooting the breeze, yeah. which is easy to do. Sure. If there's something that you feel compelled to shoot the breeze about, sometimes there just isn't. Yeah. Um, but and sometimes we have things we got to run and do. Uh, I'm going to, my plan is to do a. <laughs> do you a have bike. something you need to run and do? Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I, I have to, I wanted to repair my, my lawnmower. That's a little uh, bolt that's unique to it. I went to the hardware store this morning. They don't have it. Uh, so I have to go to like a, a specialty shop that does lawnmowers. It's like a, an axle that doesn't go all the way through. It's just each wheel has it and it just wore out it was metal fatigue so i had to drill it out and then i've got it ready now i just got to replace it's so little things like that i just got to get done and phone calls as always and right uh there's always stuff to do but i thank everybody for being with us hanging out as yeah. little or as much as you can uh tomorrow do we have anybody scheduled we still wide open no uh kevin's been busy man okay uh, i've been getting I mean, and you've seen it too i know because yeah. you've been accepting a whole bunch of uh calendar invites and stuff for things 
right? Coming up uh, here in the next couple of weeks. But we do have one guest, excuse me, mm -hmm. uh, scheduled for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, and is Vlyn Quinn. Vlyn Quinn. V-L-Y-N-N. Vlyn Quinn. Yeah. Uh, will be on the show tomorrow. And I don't know if I've got any any info yet here on Vlyn Quinn. Mm -hmm. Interview request. Podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, Vlyn. Here we go. Actually, you're the one that got the email and you supported it. Okay. Uh, Vlyn is uh, from the Patriot Party podcast. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, Patriot Party Podcast, yeah. Yes. Uh, Vlyn has a Saturday show, Freedom Gardens, mm -hmm. a homesteading health show, and been doing like electroculture and gardens all year with amazing results. Um, and so it looks like, dude, this is really cool, talking about mm -hmm. organic food production and stuff like homesteading. Right. Uh, so I think that is what we will be talking about tomorrow on the show. What a great cool. change of pace, right? Yeah, that. Oh, be and nice. speaking of that, I've been yeah. I've been going back and forth with um, Marjorie, okay, Wildcraft. She put together this really super cool video. It's about I don't know, maybe like three minutes long, mm -hmm. um, about the the webinar that she does. On yeah. if you go to rsbfood.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, cool. We haven't yeah. promoted that in a while, but yeah. dude, she put the, together this three minute video. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll be really impressed with it because it's all these people talking about it. And there's a clip of us on our show mm -hmm. talking about uh, gardening and stuff. That Seriously? She's, that she's putting, yeah, in this oh. promotional video and stuff like that. I'll play it tomorrow. I think okay. it'd be good, That'll be good fun. to do with, uh, since fun. we're going to be having Vlyn on. I want to know where yeah. he, is that his real name, I wonder? Vlyn? I don't know. Is Bolden, you want to show up a, a week after you <clears> just showed up too? We got it with opening, but we don't have to, but... Uh, Electroculture antennas for gardens. Oh yeah, or the electro agriculture. Like uh, remember we we talked about that at the uh, RSB Family Union. My buddy Scott Scherner talked about it. Okay, wrapping right. the sticks in the uh, copper and how it's there you go. Amazing. So that, yeah. That's what we'll be talking about tomorrow. Okay, cool. I like it. All right, man. Well, you go. Yeah. Uh, you go do your thing. I actually I gotta go. Uh, I gotta cover my garden. I had did it last night. We hit we hit uh, thirty two degrees overnight. Oh, dude, man. <clears throat> So I managed to Don't save everything. Everything yeah. looks okay, but I got to do it tonight as well. Do you have that picture real quick before we go? Uh, we harvested a bunch of watermelons. Oh, and Robert would like me to show you Actually, a picture morning, of his melons. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I want to show you my melons. There you go. So, no, that's All not. Right. Hold Don't on. go there. Hold on. Uh, there. In fact, I, I had one yesterday. I just picked it. It had burst open. I'm like, dude, I just brought it in and cut it and ate it right there. Look at there that. Go. We got four different, well, three Four watermelons. We got some green beans, and a lot of them we're, we're, we're getting them go to seed for next year. But uh, the watermelons are looking very happy. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to have some after the show today too. Um, They're kind of funny yeah. shaped. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Get some good ones. So anyway, thanks y'all for being here, and uh, check your calendar and join us tomorrow starting at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time, noon Pacific, for another couple hours of broadcast healing, and then some heading into the weekend. Uh, right. It is about to be the fall equinox in the northern hemisphere. The days have been getting shorter up here, and now they're equal apparently today and tomorrow, and then they start getting shorter, uh, and we lose daylight savings, and then we get do the show in the dark. Actually, no, I think we'll still do, be daytime. But uh, thank you, my brother, for being here. All right. Thank you, and thank everybody for listening and tuning in and hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. See we'll you see you then.